Oh, yes. Welcome, everybody, to 372 Pages We'll Never Get Back. Uh, I am Connor Lestoka. This is a podcast book club where we read books that we do not expect to care for, and we are currently in the middle of a doozy of one. It is called The Forensic Certified Public Accountant and The Cremated 64 Squares Financial Statements by Dwight David Thrash, CPA, FCPA, and CGMA. Uh, today is Valentine's Day. I hope you are spending it with a loved one. Uh, we are spending it with Dwight David Thrash. Uh, we, because I'm joined by Mike Nelson. Mike, how are you doing on this fine day of love? Oh, it is. It is a lovely day. I, um, I held back because I have a bit of morning voice. It's very early here. We are, we are country apart, you and I. Mm-hmm. A vast swath of this nation lies between us right at this moment i'm on the west coast enduring a what we call a storm here in san diego which means it's lightly raining mm-hmm. um, yes. cars have skidded off the road people are uh devouring loved ones there are they um, are murdering their neighbors for bags of grain yes it is uh it is a nightmare out here but uh, i'm excited this this book has entered a new and mysterious phase <laughs> that will take a lot of unpacking. So it, we have, I think we have a lot of work to do. Is that mysterious uh, it, phase being two thirds of the way through the book and still introducing a vast litany of characters <laughs> with no sense of urgency or uh, of resolving the severe mystery at hand? Oh, it's that the, the repetition is, mm-hmm. it haunted me. I was like, <laughs> did I, what's happening? Did I have a head injury? He, Am he, I, I didn't know what to do with it. He did take it to a new level in this uh, in this middle third. We were, <laughs> I you know, we read the last one with some optimism, like willing to give him, you know, not not credit, but like enjoying sort of uh, just the experience of this. And then he really shifted it into another gear. It's sort of like uh, if you were listening to um, like a, a '70s prog rock album. Uh, and you were like, okay, you know, yes, sucks, but like at least this uh, seen all good people song, it's catchy. It moves, you know, it has a, a rhythm, it has a chorus, it moves along. And then they, uh, you get to the point where they devote an entire side of an album to some guy's like Baroque composition that he made on his synthesizer just because he could. And you're like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm pulling the plug. Yeah, it's uh, to expound on that further. It's the last uh, seven minutes of Hey Jude at this point um, <laughs> where you're just like, come on, just fade it. It out for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, it's the sustained note at the end of a day in the life. Yes, you just keep turning up your stereo to the point where only dogs can hear it. Yeah, you thought it was cool when you were stoned, but now we're all sober. Let's uh, let's fade that thing out. Uh, yeah, uh, well, we'll get to what we're talking about. Uh, we'll also get to our traditional departments. We have our dumb sets of the week. We have uh, some very diabolical fan fiction that you will have to decide whether it's real or not. We've got some good emails from people. Uh, that cover some fun uh, collaborative ground that we've uh, we've covered in this past week of the podcast, but um, there's no real place to start other than the the beginning, which was chapter seven for us this week, um, which is the first in many chapters that just starts introducing some some brand new characters. Yeah, this character, um, as I told you, we we chatted just briefly about this. Usually, we don't uh, we want to save surprises, but I was very disappointed by Officer Chuck Mack after <laughs> after Agent Davy Bond, Spiderweb, Quick Swift. We get Chuck Mack. Am I 
<laughs> Am I missing a terrible pun, or did he just suddenly get lazy and just go, look, I'm just going to... Or, I don't know, is there some grand scheme of naming that I'm missing? So, yeah. So, you've, these are three, four people in, investigating the case for various uh, law enforcement organizations. And you've got um, you've got three of them have nicknames, and they're all presented in quotes every time that they're presented. So, you have Davey Bond, which every time you read it is Davey is in quotes. Um, uh, Super is another guy's nickname, and then Spider. And then, but Chuck is clearly also a, a nickname. Like, you never... Um, you never like uh, give birth to a bouncing baby boy, and the doctor's like, "What do you want to name him?" And the 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 mother is like, "Chuck," you know, it's it's Charles, and then it gets abbreviated down to that. But his his Chuck does not warrant the quotes, so you have to assume that it is his given name. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and and speaking of that, how the hell is Chuck? The nickname for Charles. Where, where did that come from? Well, you know, I have the same questions about Jack in general being a nickname for John. Yeah, that was a, a mini trend when my kids were, you know, being born. There were a lot of Jacks, just Jack. So they weren't named John. Right. They were just named Jack. And there were times where a mom would yell Jack on the playground and like every kid would come running. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it was over the top. Wow. I wonder uh, what was, uh, what, what, uh, what like vampire novel had inspired that like back in their day? In, yeah, uh, and it was 90s. before uh, twenty four. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, who knows? Well, well, yeah. So all these guys are uh, are from the they're from the the Mounties, the FBI, the CIA, and Homeland Security. So the Canadian forces are outnumbered three to one um, for the case that's taking place in Canada. So we're not we're not we're still not sure about the how that works in terms of crossing the border. And from all we gather, Titus, you know, is a is a American as well, um, who's been called in to investigate this. Um, but the, so the, you, as you might anticipate when you get all these people together, he, he specifies that there might be some disagreement on who is top dog, but it has worked out for the people high up on the totem pole. So you've got a great little mixed metaphor just to kick us off about uh, people high up on the totem pole ranking up who is top dog. So whether that is part of the same uh, Venn diagram, if the if the top dogs outrank people on the totem pole, it's we're, we're left to puzzle that out ourselves. Yeah. Um, but getting back to Chuck Mack, can I read a description of him? This yes, maybe This may be one of the reasons why he uh, doesn't make top dog. Uh <laughs> Officer Chuck Mack from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police has a keen sense of direction. Mm -hmm. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police are famous for wearing their red uniforms and their black boots and their hats with the big rims. <laughs> they usually ride horses on the trails, but they do also ride in vehicles on the roads. Man, he yeah. he really does paint a picture, doesn't he? He, he pulled and also the, get to the inner life, the rich inner life of <laughs> Officer Mac. He pulled the emergency brake and did like a uh, seventy mile an hour Fast and the Furious U turn after introducing his keen sense of direction. Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> that's sort of such a bizarre list of traits. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to introduce myself to the next person I'm introduced to that way. I have a keen sense of direction. I'm famous for wearing red uniform with a big boy and just right. look at their face and study them. If anyone you ever met introduced himself as having a keen sense of direction, you'd expect that they were going to do some, you know, being like, you know, tell me, you know, spin me around and, you know, with my eyes closed and I'll tell you which way I'm facing type of thing. But he just moves on directly. And in a, in a, in a smarter book, that would, of course, you know, come up later in, uh, in the, in the Chekhov's gun style. But I, I don't, I, 
have much I don't have much faith that his keen sense of direction is going to be playing too big of a role in this mystery. Let's let's put an actual figure on it. How much would you bet that it is coming back of actual money? Oh, I'd bet uh someone $100 out there that it's that it is coming. Yeah, but no, I'm saying how much would you not. wager yeah, no. How much would you wager that it's not? Oh, I'd bet. Just, I'd, I'd give someone ten to one odds on that. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go a little <laughs> higher than that. But yeah, yeah sure. No way. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we never see Chuck Mack mentioned again. So, um, you know, that would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but so Chuck has no nickname. The next guy that they introduce certainly does have a nickname, um, and uh, it's Agent Davy Bond. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I assumed that you know he he got his nickname Davy. Um, cause his, cause his name is David, um, which, why, why would you, what? <laughs> no, I would, I would have called him Chuck if his name was David. <laughs> um, yeah. Like your, uh, your, your, your nickname, Mike, uh, comes from, from your nickname, your, your given name, David. But, um, <laughs> so in a sane universe, that would be the case, but we don't know what his real name is. I mean, for all we know, it might not be David because we learned where he gets his nickname, Davey. And it appears to have no relation to his given name. Uh, it says that Agent Davy Bond it is a is a very is a very good shot with his gun. Agent Davy Bond may miss one out of two hundred shots, sometimes one out of three hundred. That is where Agent Davy Bond got the nickname of Davy. <laughs> Agent Davy Bond also enjoys memorizing mugshot of wanted criminals. So yeah, he and you're left to puzzle that out. So I, I assume if you're like. Under the age of 25, you might have absolutely no idea what he's even talking about. I am. Um, I'm still. I have a little <laughs> bit of doubt about it. <laughs> but it's from um, Davy Crockett, right? The hero can, of the Alamo. Can you think and- of, I mean, there. I can think of two off the top of my head: <laughs> Davy Davy Jones and sure. Davy Crockett. <laughs> he is not so process of elimination. Sure. Sherlock Holmes says, once you've eliminated all possibilities, whatever remains. However improbable must be the truth. So it is definitely for Davy Crockett. But Davy Crockett was not particularly known as a sharpshooter. I mean, there's a song about him, and it makes zero mention of it. So Davy Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier, and it goes on from there. Yeah, I mean, it says Um, he he killed him a bear when he was three. Yeah, but he could be with his bare hands. I don't know. He could have set up an elaborate uh, wild coyote. He's known for his... Uh, oh no, that's Bowie, right? The Bowie knife. Yeah, yes, but I, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he was, I think, a hatchet and a and a you know a hat with a a coonskin cap, but sure. not ne- not necessarily sniper position. Not Annie Oakley, not, right? <laughs> not doing trick shots. Uh, I'm but sure yeah. he was a fine shot, but that's not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how he got his nickname because people were like, "Wow, you're so good at shooting that you remind me of a guy from 150 years ago, uh, Davy Bond." And so he's he accepted that. Um, you and- would think that there would be at least a little discussion among his colleagues that you know his uh, his last name is Bond right. and he's he's an agent. Um, <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a name should maybe we should steer it more towards that. Like, no, what are you talking about? He's good with a gun. Well, yeah, so but so is the um, you know James Bond James? would also have. Uh, ah, don't get out of here. He's not known for that. The <laughs> beginning of his movies start with him shooting, sure, but beyond that, <laughs> right? It was probably some sort of infringement. Maybe this guy's uh, CPA buddies were like, don't don't go down that. The broccoli family is very very strict with their enforcement of this. 
And because yeah. he does have another, evidently a woman named Christmas coming up too, which was a, uh, that was a James Bond character. Oh too. yeah, and that's right. Richard. It's all adding up. Um, but Agent Davy Bond has some other traits. Um, this was, this was a, uh, it, my, my note taking in real time sort of got ahead of it. And he, so I sort of wandered into his trap here. Uh, Agent Davy Bond always says, you never know when you might come face to face with a wanted criminal. And it would be terrible to let them walk away because you did not recognize their face. So he always says that. When I, Titus Uno, certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant and chartered global management accountant, heard him say this, I thought to myself, that is a very long quote, but it is true. So we've got yeah, some- I, I marked that as the weirdest sentence. Like, what is happening now? Is he... <laughs> Is he critiquing his own writing? Is this uh, meta commentary? What is this? Explain. It's well, it's a firm settle down, is what it is. It's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm issuing that there now because if he's if he's starting to to uh, pick apart his own writing here, that doesn't bode well for us. Is this a I I picture you with a good the uh, pointing a finger at him and just remaining silent for a, a solid three seconds before giving the stern. Settle down. Yeah, like a dog. Yeah, that's how not strong. To, that, yeah, they're, they're not allowed to eat the biscuit that's sitting on their head yet. But I, yeah, I yeah. Am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might need to get a drop for the uh, for the settle down department. Um, now that we have the ability to integrate those. Um, oh yeah, we are. We we're using different software. We have our sounds available, people. So we are going to turn into morning zoo before <laughs> the end of this. Just be aware of that. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I, I, I think that he. There's a couple instances of, of Titus Uno's sort of uh, cheeky humor um, in this. Yeah, I have another one right here that this yeah. – I found it unsettling. <laughs> uh, this was when Supervision, uh, when he's talking about her and how she got her nickname, which is – so her last name is Vision. This this yeah. is – you know, this is my pet peeve about comedy. You come up with – you name someone yeah. uh, a silly name and then another character goes – Wow, is that really your name? Like, no, it's not. This is, you know, we all know that. Right. We're watching this stupid gag being done. You can't joke on your own joke. And he does it here in a huge way. Agent Supervision got her nickname. <laughs> Big super because Agent Supervision is super at her job. Plus, it is pretty funny. I, that, I, that is that central me, intelligence agency's humor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I just find it. It's not befitting the author to comment on his own jokes because it is not funny. We all it is, it's very you know, much. clearly not. And so for him to pat himself on the back in front of us, it's just unseemly. That's all I'm saying. Right. It's a and plus her her last name is Vision, which is it's preposterous to even to even suggest that that might be a, a family name somewhere. Q. Yeah, it's like giving your email. it's like giving your character the name. The last name is Poop, and then you go. <laughs> We call her dog poop because it's pretty funny. It's like, no, I mean. You already did most of the work now. The the, the nickname didn't do all the heavy lifting there. Yeah, the, uh, the the movie Billy Bob Thornton did one, Mr. Woodcock, about a decade ago that, of course, oh, I, right, right, I right. did not yeah. see. But the entire premise seemed to hinge on the fact that that was a hilarious name for a gym teacher to have. But Yeah, which is essentially it was one joke in a Simpsons, right? right. I don't I don't know why the students make fun of you, Mr. Glasscock. Or yes. like that. <laughs> um but then he uh he, he keeps sort of going on there. He says that I, Titus Uno, CPA, etc., think that it is really funny. So I, Titus Uno, CPA, etc., guess it is also forensic certified public accountant humor. 
and I just I had to put the book down because I was like, it was, is he doing his his tight five in front of everybody to start this <laughs> thing? He's like taking one stand up class and now he's he's like just sort of riffing on his own material here. Yeah, that's like I said, it's a disturbing turn when he was just a, a, a naive, you know, just writing his very earnest writing. It was all it's very funny. But this turn at being, uh, you know, being his own comedian is hmm, I right. I hope he abandons it. It doesn't last he, long, fortunately, uh, and it, uh, it it delves into more madness. But it reminded me of if you've ever, um, most people probably have not been to like an open mic, but if you ever go to watch someone who truly just is has no business being on stage, but is sort of soldiering through with their uh, material in front of a room that is just not laughing or even giving him sort of the the pity laughs that other comedians give you, this is what it reminds me of. Uh, sort of the the pausing for those punchlines and maybe a little throat clear, maybe a little like tap the mic to see if it's on, but like it's not going anywhere, but he's, he's got four and a half, four minutes to get through. So he's going to soldier through it. Yeah. My, my favorite thing about a failing comedian is one who, while already failing, does a good 30 seconds fiddling with the mic as it thumps <laughs> around in the stand. That always made me laugh. Like it is the most uncomfortable thing <laughs> when they just have no mic technique, like just the basic understanding. Right. Yeah. You, you, you really wonder if they have been, you know, freed from some sort of institution just before wandering on stage. Yeah. Um, um, here's a, a trait that he ascribes to, um, I guess this is back to Chuck Mack. Like the, Oh, no, the, I, I don't know who this is attributed to, but sure. like the other agent in Mounted Police, he has an excellent background in understanding a criminal and the ability to track them down and make an arrest. <laughs> and that's been attributed to everyone he's described so far. So yeah. just like going forward, yeah, we assume that they're the head of an agency investigating the <laughs> destruction of a 64-floor building. <laughs> Let's assume that they have competency right. in their field. Right. The, uh, the, the other thing we can assume pretty much going forward is that unless you specify otherwise, we're going to assume that the person is a CPA, uh, is studying to become a CPA, uh, hopes to be able to study to become a CPA once they are old enough to. Like, let's right. just let's just make that going forward. We, we don't need to be told every single time. Uh, but we do right. get told that. So it ends up being kind of funny. Um, the uh, the the next person that we meet is uh, Spider. Um which uh, the, as we sort of discussed earlier, he says he got his nickname Spider because he is the best at setting up traps to catch criminals. And so I was just like, well, you know, I I think that's probably true, but I I feel like the last name Webb also just played a big a big role in sort of assigning him that nickname because uh, you know it just that I don't think he would have been called Spider if his last name was um, you know Rabinowitz. Uh, it yeah. seems like, you know, they would have been like, you're, you're good at setting up traps, like Trapper. Trapper Rabinowitz. <laughs> um, you know, other D- Davy Crockett probably did a lot of trapping. That's probably how he got that raccoon on his coonskin hat. We could call you Davy. And then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I think the, the very definition of the word on the nose, which is a, you know, it's a term of art in, in comedy and other things, obviously. But in comedy, it just means the joke is too jokey. It's too perfect. Let's, you know. To give it a little spin or something. And uh, boy, these names are, <laughs> they are on the nose. Yes. And who was the last guy? Uh, oh, we, so 
yeah, we did them all. That's uh, Chuck Mack, Davey Bond, Supervision, and Spider Webb. So those are the four people that he's going to have to be dealing with um, in order to, uh, you know, dealing with these top dogs to sort of uh, get a get a handle on what the law uh, enforcement is doing. Um, so what has he yeah, done? He, yeah. Well, he's trying to get information from them, right? Yeah. Like surreptitiously. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, Drew Sampson does the, all the heavy lifting here. <laughs> yes. Here's, here's the sentence. <laughs> Drew does stay up to date because Drew Sampson has a friendly voice and people like to talk to him. <laughs> so, so these grizzled veterans who we yes. just learned, you know, spider and supervision, they meet a guy who chats him up by the water cooler and they spill everything. Apparently. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, it's the old, uh, uh, good cop, bad cop, but with a uh, non-friendly voice cop, friendly voice cop. It's just, that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. People like to talk to him. Yeah. Also, and, he's uh, bugging everyone's office as well. That's also right, seems like well, a more important detail. Uh, the, the friendly voice is, you know, maybe what gets him in the door. But once he's there, he has, he has placed bugs in the office of every single person we're going to be meeting um, throughout this book. And I assume he's wearing his ear hearing piece at all times. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> um, but then, uh, so the 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 next thing. So Drew Sampson is using his friendly voice to uh, to to chat these people up. Uh, Dina Hope has used her programming skills and hacking skills carefully to gain information from the Mounties, the FBI, the CIA, and the Homeland Security. And so these are all international felonies. It's, I would assume that hacking into the CIA and FBI and uh, DHS might constitute treason. I th- I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> I would think that, uh, yeah, in a case this large and, and interfering with a terrorist like of, of this magnitude, I, I would think that public sentiment would be like hanger from the highest tree. <laughs> I don't think that the old uh, I was just trying to, to gather information from the Mounties. Uh, defense would work, you know, if uh, if you found that Al Qaeda was hacking into the FBI, um, you know, if you once you're in the system, you could probably access whatever you want. So you don't need, you know, once you're in. Um, so the to to claim that you were only going to um, use it for good once you were hacked into the system seems very very um, sh- shaky defense to me. No matter how friendly yeah, your I, voice is, yeah, I don't I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's going to float. I'd, I'd take whatever plea they first offer you. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> life, three lives in prison. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. So totally lawless is, is how these, uh, how these guys are running, um, running their, they have, they have eyes and ears on literally everyone who gets mentioned in this book. I think. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think anyone is unsurveilled. And, and, uh, as a CPA, too, we still are not clear exactly why he needs to hack into the FBI to uh, examine their 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 financial records. That was sort of his his goal here. He was going to make I, sure that there was no discrepancies and the it's 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 lost somewhere in one of these. Cut. I don't know how it's going to help him um, reconstitute the uh, financial records of sixty four square. You're right; it doesn't <laughs> right. really. It doesn't really add up. The charred bits is that what they're? He was referred to them. Yeah, um, they 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 blew the charred bits to rubbish, and that's all he the, has. Left the it. tiny charred bits, I think, <laughs> is what they were referred to. Uh, and Veronica Jackson sets up meetings with all the head of all four of those departments. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's the that's the four people of the 
law enforcement that we're looking at. But then we we move right into uh, getting to know the higher ups of uh, 64 Squares. Um, and it begins, of course, as it should with the CEO or chief executive officer, uh, Jack Starr. Oh, this, uh, <laughs> this was uh, so delightful. Um, I, I just want to set people's expectations. Nothing in the next, in the chapters following it, I don't think anything rises to, to this level. It has, oh. the, the, there's, there are treasures to be mined for sure, but this is the high point of the book. I think yeah, by he, far. he, he sort of, he, he spent his, spent his intellectual capital on, on fleshing out this character and other ones were, were definitely not as rich, but this, this guy is, you know, has the most attention paid to him as the CEO. I think that's probably warranted, but he also has the most uh, absurd details. I think it's probably just worth it to read his, his introduction. Yeah. I, I've, uh, uh, when you mentioned his, uh, you know, spilling it all on this, I think of uh, Ralphie, in Christmas Story, when he talks about writing his story for the teacher, huh. uh, you know the words flowed feverishly <laughs> from my pen. <laughs> when he, when this guy got to this, he just went. His eyes just narrowed, and he bit the uh, end of his tongue, and he just, you know, bent over and scribbled right. this out furiously. So he, he yeah, woke give us three give hours us. later behind a Seven Eleven, and he was just clutching these uh, yeah. these papers in his hand. He didn't know how he did it, but um, so yeah. Jack Starr, the CEO or the chief executive officer, acts like a sheriff figure of 64 squares. Hmm. He always wears a cowboy hat, nicely pressed business suit, and spurs on his boots. Jack Starr got the nickname Sheriff Starr. People are surprised that he does not wear a star badge that has Sheriff Starr printed on the star. Hmm. He always watches westerns when he is not working. John Wayne movies. His favorite catchphrase is... Who is the sheriff of 64 squares in a deep voice? <laughs> no one has ever made fun of him since he is the chief executive officer. His impersonation was always perfect. Uh, Jack's office is filled with Western memorabilia from and present. Hmm? Uh, his favorite National League football team is, you can, you can maybe guess, that's right, the Seattle Seahawks. Nope, it's the Dallas Cowboys, and he flies to Texas as often as he can to watch the Cowboys. So, yeah, that is just laid out right in front of you. Um, but um, an even better trick, could you, if you have it right there, can you skip down to the description of his family? Oh, man. I have, you know, I have a quote about his family. and Yeah, what he enjoys. that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jack Starr believes that spending time with his family is his favorite thing to do when he is not working or when he is not watching Western movies. Who is the sheriff of 64 squares? <laughs> So yeah, we got some Kleine and uh, like the third he person. Believes. He believes that spending time with his family is his favorite thing to do. That's but it's like not, not because he always watches westerns when he's not. <laughs> right. So it's he believes it, but it's it's false information. Right. So he's not even aware of his own likes and dislikes. He's, that's very he's a weird, dude. Yeah. So yeah, when he's not watching family movie, that's what he want. That's what he wants to spend time doing. But that is that is if not a, then b. So uh, yeah, he's busted right there. But, but he is a busy man because he uh, he loves taking vacations with his family, mm -hmm. uh, and, and all of their names begin with a J, by the way. Even his, <laughs> his, his wife as well. So um, and he they and he get a we get a list of where they went. You know, Paris, Rome, Rio, etc. Mm -hmm. So he's and and he's flying to. Uh, he's, he's flying to Dallas. Uh, well, how many games are there? Are there uh, eight per season in Dallas? 
stayed in Dallas. So, yeah. you know, that, that keeps you busy, certainly during the winter. <laughs> and, and then I'm assuming on spring break, he's taking his five children to Rio. And then uh, we get a lengthy description of his meetings that he has. Now, My we get this God. as a as a peroration, as they call it. We, this is repeated uh, ad nauseum. Um, but it's a, it's a very detailed thing about his meetings. And so he's watching Westerns. He's going to meetings. He's flying to Rio. He's going to see the, the Cowboys. And then he's walking around the office saying, who is the sheriff? <laughs> this is a strange man. And, and so I... I looked into him a little bit to try to like, what is there some precedent for this? And, huh. like, and I know is that it you based on a real guy or like, is there, is this a, well, I just, I, you know, you had, you had fleshed out some of the things you had found in that, that forum that, uh, where they mm-hmm. kind of world build around 64 squares. Yeah. And uh, so I, uh, I had uh, Dina hack into your computer and get the URL for that. And, and I went on there. You could have asked. Yeah. Well, it's, could, it's in the service. It's in the service of good. So don't well, I mean, worry but about yeah, it. Yeah, but I use my computer for like personal. Yeah, don't things, worry about it. Emailing my family. Nah, I didn't. I only took this. I don't. <laughs> I, I poked around a little, but I didn't. I didn't see anything. You're right. fine. Um, and I went on, and and I was able to find um, their. Uh, they kind of fleshed out for me who this guy actually is and how he oh, operates. No kidding. Huh? Yeah, and then so they made a, a piece of. Uh, of fiction around it and expanded his world. And I thought I would just play it for you. It's pretty brief, okay, um, but sure. it, it gives you a good picture of, of who this guy is. So, uh, yeah, let's roll that. Uh, welcome to the 64 square team. Here's your workspace. It's a little wonky because these are just temporary offices. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I heard something about your 64 story headquarters being blown to rubbish by a cat burglar. <laughs> oh, you heard about that. Yeah. It's a pain, but yeah, nothing to worry about. We got a forensic accountant looking into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smart. Good. Oh, oh, oh. Here comes Jack Starr. Who is the sheriff of 64 squares? <laughs> hey, hey, new guy. What the hell are you doing? What? He, he's walking around in spurs and a cowboy hat doing a silly voice. He's, he's clearly trying to make us laugh, so I, I laughed. Mm, my God. Okay, that is Sheriff Starr, the CEO. No one ever makes fun of him. Good Lord! Well, what is it? I am very surprised he is not wearing a star badge that has the words Sheriff Star printed on the star. <laughs> I know, I know. That is obviously the most surprising thing about it. All right, folks, just flew in from Rio, headed out to Dallas to watch a football game, so just have time for my meeting. Sarah Diamond, Peter Graham, Pam Valentine, conference room in 10. Please have 40 to 50 items. Greg Templar, I'll fill you in after that. Oh, and there's a birthday in my family today. Someone buy a gift. Yeah, I'll do it, sir. Uh, should I get something for Jessica Star, Jim Star, uh, Jeff Star, Janet Star, Jill Star, or Joan Star? Sir? Oh, okay. He's already engrossed in a John Wayne movie. Never mind. Who is the sheriff of 64 squares? Man, this is a weird place. Almost feels like I'm wasting my college singing degree. Who is the sheriff of 64 squares? So yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a fascinating guy. Yeah, a little slice of life. It, 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 the, the new guy seemed to like not, you know, he's not going to be covered in the book, obviously. So it was good to get his perspective about all these goings on. Um, yeah, I thought that was a clever way to do it through the eyes of a you know someone who didn't know. Him. That right. was cool. Those guys do a good job. The catchphrase of 
<laughs> who is who is the sheriff of sixty four squares? As far as catchphrases go, it doesn't <laughs> seem like he, you know, it seems like he probably just took his first idea and really just like decided that he was going to try to make it happen, you know, hell or high water. Like there's yeah, not a lot I of nuance to it. Does it qualify as a catchphrase? I, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but usually there's some, yeah, there is a twist to it or something. It betrays, you know, the maybe a little bit of uh, lack of confidence in knowing the actual answer to that, like a little insecurity. <laughs> and also, yeah, real- if he if he had like a um, a sidekick who was like two feet shorter than him and had a hat on as well, and then he held out his hands and said, "Like, who is the sheriff of sixty four squares?" and then he slapped his hands and went, "You are boss." <laughs> maybe that would qualify. Something like that needs a twist, <laughs> right? Otherwise, it just sort of comes across just as like a uh, it's like a Jeopardy clue. <laughs> yes, like it shows Jack Star on the board, and you're like, "Um, who is the sheriff of sixty four squares, Alex?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, so that that pretty much covers him. Um, there's a, a a fact here, though. This begins the the you know surveillance team. The end of the chapter from here on out, as far oh, as boy. I can tell, ends with this repeated thing about um, you know each member of his team, including himself, doing their their bit to surveil or get information from these people or set up meetings with these people. <laughs> um, but Dina. In this one, we get uh, this bit about her. This is a good sentence. Dina mm. likes hacking his computer. <laughs> yes. So this is not just a job for her. She's having a ball. Yeah, exactly. She, you know, they, you know, live your best life. And once you find uh, work that you would be doing in your spare time anyway, it doesn't seem like work anymore. So yeah, Dina, Dina says that to young people. I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> As she's being led into the gas chamber for uh, you know, <laughs> treason crimes, like we're like, I don't know. If that's advice we should be following, then um, the the thing I did like about Jack Star, the other one other detail is that he is a self made man. Um, he he started in the mail room at sixty four squares and did the proverbial working his way up. Um, and the, the the this was sort of a uh, just a, a James Winian understanding of how this might work. Um, he he got the CEO job because he became great friends with most of the people on the board of directors of 64 squares, thereby making it an obvious choice that he should be made the CEO, which is like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, so they were like, they were like, well, you know, we've got a lot of friends here. Like there's a, there's like, you know, crazy Steve, like he's, he's the man. He, he one time drank, you know, 18 beers in one night. He was, he's a great friend, but I really feel like Jack star is like, he's, he's the closest friend we have here. So he's got to be the next CEO. As there's a guy who like went to Harvard MBA, who's like, honestly, I thought that that would qualify me, but I uh, guess I should have accepted yeah, that friend request. Uh, I wonder how that went over with the, the stock. Like people <laughs> noticed that the board just voted in one of their friends. Yes. Like stock plummets. You know? <laughs> right. What are, what are his qualifications? He's some guy in the mail room. Like, oh my God, we're ruined. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Like he, uh, he picked up the tab last happy hour. He's a great friend. Oh, yeah. that's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're good then. Yeah. He, he, Double he said down. he would come, uh, pick me up if I got a flat. I didn't need him to because I have AAA, but he was, he did put it out there that he would come, um, if I needed to be picked up, if AAA was going to take like a, an hour or something. Remember when, when I moved to town and then a month later we bought that new house, he helped me move twice in yeah. two months. Yeah. So CEO. 
he 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 did it without complaint the first time. Second time he was a little perturbed, as you would expect. Um, you he know, was, uh, well, while he was snarfing down my pizza, though, he seemed pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's Jack star in a nutshell. And like you said, the, the, these, these start to end these, uh, these sections start to end with a, a big block of, of pasted text. Um, well, I guess and that's, it? yeah, that is that, that this is where they begin. So we can cover it now and then just assume yeah, that yep. everyone's going to. Yep. This is a big ibid for the, <laughs> for the end of every chapter from here on out. Uh, they, 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 this, this wall of pasted text, we know it's pasted because there are, um, typos that are in this section that are repeated every single time it happens. So it is, if you thought he was pasting the, uh, Titus Uno CPA, all that stuff, this is proof that this is exactly what's happening. Uh, they, they go into detail about, uh, how these, uh, these, um, people get together, the, the CEO, CFO, CAO, and one other person, COO all get together. They have these biweekly meetings. He goes into great deal about how they arrive, that they should be biweekly meetings. And essentially it's just, that's when they're all available, which is a traditional way of scheduling meetings. Um, should we do it when we can all get together or where we're all unable to get together? Like <laughs> let's hash this out people. But then they, uh, they go into details about the meetings. And I think, you know, you'll, we, I appreciated this. Uh, it says that these meetings get very details and informative and usually lasts about two hours with three breaks. And this is something that a lot of people seized on. Um, these two-hour meetings, when these three breaks might occur, occur. Uh, because a two-hour meeting is a long meeting. Don't, ha- don't get us wrong. <laughs> but doesn't necessarily warrant three breaks, which I guess you would space them out every 40 minutes. Every 35 with a five-minute break? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Would you go heavy up front and then probably you were drinking a lot of coffee or what have you? So then they would uh, the frequency would increase towards the second hour? Sure. <laughs> but like once you get to the second hour, you just got to be like, you know, well, I don't, we, there's, there's 20 minutes left. We can power through, I suppose. And then you look at the COO and she's like, you know, she's giving you the sort of, no, I, I got to do it now. Like, so... But that's usually what happens. Three breaks is is what's built in. But I mean, that could just be um, that just could be part of the sheriff's management style. So where then th- there are a strict number of items to go through, and they are forty to fifty <laughs> yes. Ex- exactly, no more, no less. <laughs> they have to fall in that range. I assume it's inclusive, forty to fifty inclusive. Um, so do they power through twenty in the first, and then yeah, I guess uh, how does it? You got to look and see whether you have closer to forty or in, you know, the, the upper end of that range, closer to fifty, and then I guess you sort of you break that out um, based on the the pre break, post break um, breakdown there. Um, look, I'm not a businessman. I, <laughs> well, I'm not well it has to happen the, quickly because who you is know, the sheriff Jack. of sixty four squares, Mike? <laughs> Jack is off to uh, to Rio right after this. So right, come on, let's go. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, everyone's laughing at this. There's a lot of people emailing about the three breaks, but yeah, you're not you're not jetting off your your five uh, five kids and, and and wife to uh, to Europe or South America every other week or going to the Cowboys games. So um, yeah, that's true. It's like the isn't there? There's a uh, an ad based on that. I think some investing thing where you know don't don't get mad at the these people get uh, get rich or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, why don't you be Jack Star then if you don't like his meeting style? Yeah, I bet you, if you were CEO, probably listener who I'm about to berate, uh, you probably would have gone and gotten the Sheriff Star that says Sheriff Star. 
which is just embarrassing, really, when you 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 realize like how how basic that would have looked if you were. It's very very surprising. I'm just shocked that he doesn't have that. You probably would have said, "Who is the sheriff of sixty four squares?" But not in a deep voice that we assume is a bad John Wayne impression, and that's. You know what you might have done, listener who were berating? <laughs> you might have done uh, who has two thumbs and is the sheriff of wow, uh, 64 yeah. Square. You know, that's how um, lame you are. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if anyone has the uh, at handle six, sheriff of 64 squares yet or if that'll be uh, <laughs> snatch it up if you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, OK. So I, I don't have anything more on on Jack. Well, I just yeah, nothing about Jack, but I, I did. It did end, of course, as as many of these sections do. With uh, Veronica Jackson sets up appointment times for us to visit with Jack Starr, and I was just, I was curious whether they were biweekly, um, how many breaks they would arrange for those appointments that Veronica. I mean, I'm sure she she knows what she's doing. She set them up, so I would just I imagine she she hashed it out ahead of time. She's like, Jack Titus wants to meet with you. We've got forty to fifty important items, and. I assume per usual three breaks in this two hour meeting. Yeah. The, the person who um, I, I spoke to the person who assembled that bit about uh, Jack star. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he said he had a lengthy thing about Veronica calling for meetings in that little sketch that he decided not to put in there um, at the very last second um, because he thought it would tax the listener. But uh, <laughs> that, that might have been amusing. I don't know. No, yeah, a little uh, how the sausage is made with these uh, right. weirdo recreators. I wonder right. if that's like, what the guy told me anyway. If Veronica Jackson, like she just like she realized that she's like, I've got I've got like maybe 20 minutes of work in a in a in a 40 hour work week. I'm just going to I'm going to delegate this task to an, an intern. And she she walks in. The intern's on the phone, like trying to set up this meeting with Jack and Veronica Jackson overhears the intern being like, wait, who is the sheriff of 64 squares? And Veronica has to rush over to like grab the phone out of her head and be like, no, that was a joke, Jack. I'm sorry. We all know uh, who the sheriff is. We know your catchphrase. And she's like, give you the intern the death stare and like, get out of here. <laughs> well, when you think about it, though, given all that Jack is up to, it, maybe it does require a presidential assistant level to set up these meetings. To, to weave through the, 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 you know, the things that he's got going on, it must be a little bit challenging. Yeah, I suppose it's, <laughs> it, um, you, 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 without knowing exactly what's going on, it would be, it would be insensitive of us to like act like we're, you know, on his level, really. Um, maybe, we don't maybe, she buys, maybe she has to buy four uh, tickets to Dallas, Fort Worth, and, you know, sit on the plane with him and just to get a little time. Right. You know, so that, that's challenging. That's not easy. I wonder if Jack refers to uh, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones just as Jerry, like if he's on a first name <laughs> basis. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Jerry's suite this weekend. Um. <laughs> uh, well, that's Jack. And now, uh, unless you have anything else, we're on to chapter nine. Chapter nine. So, yeah. Sarah Diamond, Sarah the CFO. Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> what does she do? She She's spends the, C- the time. With a face and a computer screen. (laughs) She's sifting all the numbers, correct? Yes, very important. Yeah, so she's the chief financial officer and she's uh, she's, um, married to another, a a CFO, I guess, of another uh, multi-billion dollar company. Um, She she gets a a decent amount of backstory, not as much as Jack, but she's she's married to Dwayne. 
um, and they've got a little uh, insight into their relationship. It says, Dwayne and Sarah have always been in love. The couple were inseparable from the moment they met at their high school chess club. They would play chess with each other every chance they got at the chess club. Most games would take several days because they had the best time talking to each other while they were playing these games. And so, yeah, that sounds touching. It sounds sweet, but they weren't married on the same day that they met. <laughs> yeah. This is a garbage relationship, I'm afraid. We, we, we've quick swift to set the bar high here. So this is, this is I, I, I spit on this uh, relationship. Yeah. I mean, it, are we going to get to a married couple who are having some issues or something? Because these are the happiest people. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I had the exact same, uh, exact same thought. We need to see someone in a loveless, like Lockhorns, uh, Andy Cap style marriage full of resentment and like, <laughs> um, you know, things going unsaid. Because a book about histories, like. What what you have to keep reminding yourself is, you know, the biggest act of terror on American soil, Canadian side of yeah. Canadian soil, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, uh, is going on, and and we're getting these descriptions of how much uh, everyone loves his or her spouse, and it's it's just odd to read it over and over again. Well, Nobody has any issues at all. Right. It's, uh, and you know, I, I, maybe the people who don't get reported on are the ones who do. We get a couple people that very, very brusquely get um, brushed over upcoming. So maybe those are people that he knows their backstory and just doesn't want to burden us with. Um, since he's oh, trying that's to nice. He's just sparing, he's sparing them and us, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if, probably... you, if a couple's, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, arguing, you, you don't like you know, put your ear to the wall, you turn up the music just so you can sort of drown them out. So he's, he's providing us that service ahead of time. Yep. And, uh, it's the return here of his, <laughs> uh, of his commenting on his own, his meta commentary. And yeah, I, Came up with I am not gift. a fan of this. I'm no, not it's a terrible. fan. It's wretched. Um, it's, here's what it is. They were the couple that every couple wanted to be. And yes, they were homecoming king and queen. No pun intended. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no pun there. Um, <laughs> yes. So I, was- I wouldn't think there would be an intention to pun unless you failed miserably <laughs> what you were going for definitely was intended but you are correct the 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 referencing of king and queen to positions in a chessboard is not a pun um, no it, um but that's yeah that's a that's a, a very unfortunate thing to bring back um and I think that their their fact that they were playing chess and then ended up at the chess thing is a big coincidence. But I, I liked the part about them taking several games to play chess just because they were talking to each other. I imagine that the people at the chess club were like, could you please shut up? Like we're trying to you know hone our focus yes. here. We're never going to be able to uh, resist the uh, – the the vendors at the international chess championship who are yelling uh, peanuts popcorn cracker jack um if we're unable to to uh sit here and have you guys talking um in the background of chess club right <laughs> well and and clearly they weren't uh slapping that that clock back and forth right right I mean, yes <laughs> how long do you get i mean it's not that long right no not at all 
Um, but you know, that's, I guess that's, that's a sweet thing. But, uh, yeah, so Dwayne is chief financial officer of a, another multi-billion sports corporation that is located a block from 64 squares. I hope that that building wasn't, you know, damaged at all by the, you know, by the, by the, ru- the rubbish that it was blown to. Like the, the employees of that might've been like, you know, coming down with, uh, some sort of lung condition months after the, the building was blown down right. just from the ash that surely, you know, was, was, took, you know, a couple of days to settle. So I hope that Dwayne is okay. I hope his, his uh, many millions of employees are also okay. Right. But he, he does. <laughs> well, they seem happy and they, they do, uh, they have lunch together every mm-hmm. so often. <laughs> and, um, an, another commentary, but this one, I, I don't even know how to describe this. I'll just read it. Uh, they have lunch at their favorite restaurants that, that located close to their offices. This is what every married couple dreams of having. We're, we're both married. Uh, Connor, do you, do you dream of that? My lifelong dream of, of, of getting lunch every single day at our same of favorite restaurant. Of going to Ruby lunch. Tuesdays with your, with your wife. <laughs> right. But, but he, then he makes the commentary on this, the, the dream. It is so cool when married couples go to visit their spouse at their office. <laughs> yes. Yep. That was the Fonz was always doing that, man. <laughs> yes. It's so cool. Yeah. Hey. I, I thought it was possibly the least cool thing that has ever existed, actually, is the uh, the definition of that. Like, you know, yeah, the uh, the picture of like, you know, Bob Dylan with his sunglasses on um, that, you know, that just, you know, being Steve cool as McQueen hell. In, in Bullet, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Going, he, to, he, going into the secretary. ends with him going to a, uh, have sushi with his wife. <laughs> yes. He goes into the office and the secretary is like, oh, hey, Steve, like, you know, I, you know, I it's the same song and dance every single time, but you know, gotta, gotta see the ID so I can print you out the temporary badge. And he's like, I got it all ready for you. Like I know the drill. Um, so he prints her out the temporary laminate and goes upstairs and <laughs> sort of says hi uh, to everyone. Doesn't know everyone's name. Cause he only sees him at the Christmas party. And as he's walking to her desk, but it's just cool. Yeah. It's cool it's as hell. So cool. <laughs> I, uh, I did read this paragraph to, to my wife <laughs> who was not coincidentally in the office with me at the time. Oh, wow. It was very it was cool. But she lower his shades and like hop into her convertible and Blair, you've really, really got me by Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, no, she, I read it to her and was laughing and she went, oh, that's so cute. Like, yeah. It's oh, not cute. It's, it's weird and hilarious. <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's more cute than cool, I would say. Yeah, that's true. And then, so yeah, once we meet her and her her loving marriage, we we get to the uh, we get to the control V section again, and he introduces it. He tells us everything about uh, what we learned in Jack Starr's section, but he he phrases it in this in this weird way. He says, as stated earlier, but stated from the point of view of Sarah Diamond, the CFO. And then he goes, I don't on, know what the hell this is. Yeah. I don't know what this is. So we 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 tried to puzzle this out because we got to it, and it seems you you get to these points where you you don't want to just like gloss over everything in case there's a, a hidden a hidden gem somewhere in there. But it becomes apparent that it is just the same thing with a few names and titles switched. So he says it's from her point of view, and so I was like, oh, is this going to be is it going to be like you know Rashomon where you're going back and you're you're observing these events through someone else's eyes? No, <laughs> it's it's just the same text. With her name substituted for Jack Star and CFO substituted for CEO. Yeah, but someone, uh, I think someone upcoming doesn't get that treatment <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> where it's from their perspective. And that caused me to, I, I honestly didn't spend a lot of time on it, like right. why and what the difference is. But he's up to something here and I have no idea. I don't know what it means. Yeah. Well, how It wasn't stated from 
from the point of view. It's always Titus speaking, right? Yeah, Titus Uno's point of view. Um just about her, but it's all in, it's, you know, it, it would be, it, it's his, it's his equivalent of, uh, uh, bumping your, your font size up to 12.5 to try to, uh, try to hit the, uh, the page limit of your term paper. Um, it's just in a way more obvious method of padding. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's, this is the first, again, like the commenting on his own jokes and things like that. I find this unpleasant. Yes, it's deeply. Just because it would work if you had all these characters introduced in one chapter. I mean, I don't know why we're actually trying to, like, solve this book. <laughs> we're, like, taking a taking the rip. And, no, what have you considered doing it this way, uh, Dwight David Thrash? It's, it's a, it is a lost cause. But, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, frustrating from a reader's point of view because I don't want to miss anything. But uh, it's hard not to just sort of like flip the page because you like I said, you see typos like Drew Sampson used his private investigators experience to be able to help him gain useful from Sarah Diamond. And so once you see that popping up in every single section, you realize that to help him gain useful is a typo that he just repeated over and over again. Um, Does the Drew Sampson of uh, eyes and ears sentence get the same treatment in other chapters as this one, which says Drew Sampson has eyes and ears placed in Sarah Diamond, the CFO (laughs) or the chief financial. And then it ends with the word office like 78 words later. It's just you you read it reads as though he has eyes and ears placed in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think it did because I I pulled that for the Jack Star section, too. So, yeah, that would be another thing like at his uh, at his treason trial. Um, and they would be like, and ladies and gentlemen, this monster who sits before you, uh, not only did he, did he bug the FBI and CIA and endanger countless lives of our men and women abroad, but while this woman slept, he placed eyes and ears in her body (laughs) means, which I will not divulge, uh, for fear that the elderly members of the jury might faint, but there are, you know, they, we have been unable to recover these sinister devices from inside her person for fear of harming her even further. Red rimmed eyes of all the jurists, handkerchiefs coming out of handbags. <laughs> this monster. Her, yeah, monster. her son stands up and like, you know, says like, I'm going to get you, man. Like if the chair doesn't get you, I'm going to get you. My-. And they have to, he has to be restrained as he's let out of the office. But <laughs> and he goes on, uh, he, he goes on, uh, uh, dancing with the stars later because he he became a meme right. for for yelling at Drew right. Samson. <laughs> oh, if only uh, uh, Dwight would write uh, stuff like that into <laughs> the book. <laughs> Treason trials—that's what—that's uh, what make everything a lot more fun. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, starts getting copied and pasted, and we've got uh, we've got Peter Graham next, uh, the COO or Chief Operations Officer. I, I at some point in time, I, when I realized that this was going to be the entire entirety of this week's section was just going to be this uh, sort of organizational chart. I put it on Patreon uh, to sort of crowdsource because I was having a lot of trouble f- following this. So I got our Patreon supporters to help out, like making an organizational chart. Um, and they did a really good job of just like yeah. getting everyone's up there, everyone's family, everyone's title, even a few pictures of people. So we'll post that. Uh, so everyone, in case you're having trouble reading this, it really helps to put some uh, um, names and faces on this thing to look for just in case you're concerned about who reports to who. Uh, it, it really helps a lot. And uh, Connor, I have a question about a detail about Peter Graham. It's, I think this is one of the only, um, you know, specific to Peter Graham things. The rest of, you know, like you said, it's all cut and paste, except for a few minor details in all of these upcoming chapters. Okay. Um, but uh, Peter Graham and Jack Starr get along well, and they even play golf together on Casual Friday. Yes. What do you think they talk about? 
Do you have oh. any? Uh, do you have any guesses? Well, I think that probably right off the bat they they discuss um, well Proust's works, um, Remembrance of Things <sighs> Past. They've been of course they talk of sixty four squares business uh, while oh, playing of golf. Course. Come of on, course, of course, right? It was that. It was right there. I uh, who is the sheriff of sixty four squares? I... <laughs> Yeah, he writes that in. He makes the <laughs> the reader guess. What, what do you what do you guys think they talk about? Huh? What do you, what do you think? Of course, they talk. I found that very aggressive. Like, yeah, don't, don't don't challenge me. You're you're the one telling your tale. Yeah, you even just said it was a casual Friday. Like maybe they might take some time out to uh, you know discuss what Jack Star's uh, third daughter is 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 you know how her ballet ballet class is going. But yeah, nope. maybe they both make kombucha and they're talking about what temperature they fermented <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah, how'd that SCOBY uh, cutting go that I gave you? Oh, it's really thriving. Um, it's like I had to get a new jar because it was not – it got so big it wouldn't come out of the mouth of my growler. Um, <laughs> in case you're wondering, uh, that's, that's come from personal experience. How, how was I able to uh, pull that uh, yeah. situation off the top of my head? Yeah, it's only uh, – uh, it's light conversation only every now and then interrupted by – who is the sheriff of 64 square, <laughs> which Peter Graham is just used to. And he, and of course he doesn't make fun. He just waits till it's over and then they continue their conversation. <laughs> just imagine that being his sort of like, uh, you know, how like uh, women tennis players like have their, their signature grunts. I'm just imagining Jack star sort of like grunting that out every time he hits a drive, like uh, he, he hits the ball. <laughs> Who's the sheriff of 64 squares? And then he watches the ball sail. I'm sure he's good at golf. He probably plays a lot. Probably plays with Jerry. Um, of course. Of course. But uh, so Peter Graham got the job. He, uh, he is an attorney that that has the reputation. The he sticks with the letter of the law. This fact, if you can call that a fact, I barely have been aware of what was going on in that last sentence I read. This fact is what marked him the perfect section by the board of directors. So Peter Graham, out of all these people, seems like he would not get along with Titus Uno because he's straight laced. He plays by the book and Titus Uno is going around just committing treason uh, willy nilly. So uh, it might not mark him, uh, might not mark Titus Uno as the perfect section by the board of directors. Um, I think they might, uh, this might come to a head, maybe like in the rain on top of a building as they're, they're brawling it out to, to finally settle who is the sheriff of 64 squares. Yeah, picture the the camera circling around them. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this now it just gets into complete cut and paste, right? Sure. Stuff- we got one more detail. It was good. He was able to answer the board's questions when they were interviewing for the job because he had graduated, of course, at the top of his graduating class from Harvard. I should have let you try to guess where he had graduated, um, but <laughs> but of course, it's the top of his class from Harvard. Um, but yeah, then it goes into, uh, stated earlier, but stated from the point of view of Peter Graham, um, blah, 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 blah. Now here's my question about this. Um, and, and I'll, I'll continue to puzzle this out. Um, th- there was a guy just as an example who I've told you about this when I used to do stand up comedy, there was a guy who was barred from ever getting on stage because <laughs> he, he was compelled to go up and say these very crude things that were not funny. You know, it was like a guy pushing a shopping cart full of doll heads sure, or something, sure. right? <laughs> Only it was filthy and weird and aggressive. And uh, but he would put on disguises Louis in, order to, <laughs> <laughs> in order to get back onto an open stage and do it. Wow! So like uh, like uh, Bobby Valentine Groucho glasses. 
Yes. Like um, um, uh, there was a tennis player named Mary Pierce, whose father would come and scream at her during her matches and he was barred and he put on a disguise to come in and yell at her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In other words, he's compelled. He can't be stopped from doing these things. And that's what I'm wondering about this thing is, is he doing it to just make it book length or is he just like, I have to say this, I'm introducing a character and I can't just say, He's the lawyer. He's the uh, chief attorney for this and then go about my story. I have to get it out. I have to say everything about him and then I have to do it in this way. In other words, is it uh, a disorder that he's, right. <laughs> that he's working through? Right. Or, like touching a doorknob 15 times. Right, right. Or well, is he- I mean, he might have just read a piece of writing advice. It was like show things from your character's points of views, you know, like how in Game of Thrones, you'll have a chapter that's from Tyrion's point of view and then one that's Daenerys's. So maybe this is his way of trying to check that box without really knowing yeah. how to do it any better. Like, oh, sure. Show now, it now, from, show it from their point of view, but make it the exact same point right. of view. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's 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 truly baffling and nothing like it is anything I've ever read before because clearly if you were doing, like I said, trying to pad out a project, you would not do it this way because it would be so transparent unless you just never expected anyone to read the book <laughs> right. um, and just, right. you know, to have it on your shelves. But then you might as well just do Ipsum Lorem text generated. Right, uh, right. But the, so I did, the only thing I noticed uh, about Peter uh, was that he has no family or wife mentioned, which um, raises a red flag in my eyes. Oh yeah, unhappy, unhappy home. I right. guess. Right. Um, we so. must conclude that uh, you know maybe he did lock eyes with his wife and marry her right away, but uh, you know then her verbal abuse started up right away and the, right. the bitter divorce. And uh, you spend all your time golfing on casual Fridays with the sheriff of sixty four squares. I can't go on like this. You knew what this was. I graduated from Harvard. Damn it. Right. Maybe oh, she wanted him to break bad. the law, but he's too straight laced. Um, you know that you know she she wasn't the perfect section by the board of directors. So, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, so then we get into the the uh, sure. repetition, and then yeah, more repetition, uh, and then we have one more of the top four: Pam Valentine. I think before we do that, though, we should probably read some fanfic. And now I bet they bitching cause my flow switching Trying to tell me what to write I bought some fan fiction Can't they just be happy? I no longer have to face eviction That I'm living out my life I'm living out my life Yes, right. that's right It is time I'm ready. to determine Who is the sheriff of fan fiction? Who is the sheriff of fan fiction? Yeah I'm ready. Nobody left. All right. Good. Nobody <laughs> left. Uh, um, so we got a suggestion uh, from someone who was with the lengthy fanfic or real section we've been doing. He he suggested that we we guess after each one, just so you don't forget what each one is. Uh, what do you think about doing that? Because there's um, no there's no like set number of these things, so it's not you're determining. Oh, this sounds more like the last one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Let's shake it up, baby. Okay. All right. Here's the first one. Number one, we have five again. They could all be real. They could all be fanfic. They could be a mixture of the two. Uh, Number one, after the trial was over, I, Titus Uno, CPA, uh, etc., offered Veronica Jackson's daughter, Rose, a job with my team. She accepted, and she is now a junior forensic accountant helping us on various cases by collecting company accounting records and comparing them to official IRS filings to identify potential bookkeeping discrepancies. I often like to say that it's good to help friends and the family of friends because by helping others people, you sow the seeds for them helping others as well as yourself at a later date. 
And when friends help friends and the family of friends, then those people will help strangers who will then turn into friends and the cycle of helping friends and the family of friends continues. Uh, that That's fanfic. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, do we going to reveal if they're, whether they're correct or not after this? Or are we going to? Um, uh, save that till the end, okay. right? All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you said, fan- I'll take that down. No, no, fanfic. Uh, number two. Remember when I said couples love to sneak checkers into the 64 Squares Chess Museum? You will not believe it, but this is how the cat burglar terrorist was able to sneak in the explosive device into the building. Each checker in the box had a large amount of C4 contained in each piece. The cat burglar terrorist left the box open in a place he knew that the cleaning drones would see it, but people wouldn't. When the drones tried to clean up the box, the explosion went off. (laughs) Oh, that is very clever. Um, (laughs) All right. You got me. I'm going to say it's real. Wow. All right. Uh, Number three. The statement of cash flows will change when cash will be used to pay for the new 64 squares skyscraper building, Sharp said. No further questions, Your Honor. The defendant's attorney also said, no farther questions, Your Honor. (laughs) Then Judge Moses Gavel told me I was excused and thanked me for my time. I got up from the lay witness chair and exited the room. Hmm. Ah. Judge Moses Gavel. (laughs) I'm going to say that's fanfic. Number four. Uh, fiduciary accounting involves handling of accounts managed by a person entrusted with the custody and management of property of or for the behalf of another person. Titus Uno, certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant, and chartered global management accountant, and the forensic certified public accountant team, Drew Sampson, Dina Hope, and Veronica Jackson, must interact with Tally Ho, fiduciary accountant, and the fiduciary accountant team, Delilah Dish, Chance Luck, and Jack Trades. well it's completely indistinguishable from obviously but uh i'll say it's fanfic fanfic a bridge too far maybe uh and then last one uh trajan since the 64 square skyscraper uh well i just read his name before the thing but uh here is his entry (laughs) maybe this is trajan posting something real since the 64 square skyscraper building that was blown up by the cat burglar terrorist was the headquarters building of 64 squares a multi-billion dollar company employing many accountants and certified public accountants such as bob sinclair sue christmas tina bell and jill franks I, Titus Uno, certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant, and chartered global management accountant, had to account for the possibility that the cat burglar terrorist might be both a cat burglar terrorist and a cat burglar certified public accountant at the same time. <laughs> this could be true. It is good to already know the thinking of a subject suspect. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Trajan. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. No, damn, That's, that was a good one. I wish I hadn't screwed that up. It was good. It was good. Cat Burglar Public Accountant is a uh, is a uh, yeah, is a that twist. is it is. All right, so the uh, let's see, number one, uh, wrote Veronica Jackson's daughter. You thought was fanfic. That was correct. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom H submitted that one. Number two, uh, sneaking checkers into the sixty four squares chess museum that turned out to be explosive. You thought that was real. That was in fanfic written by Josh. Uh, uh, damn you, Josh. <laughs> 
Uh, number three, uh, with Judge Moses Gavel and no farther questions, Your Honor, that is very much real. Uh, oh, for the ju- love of God. <laughs> Judge <laughs> Moses Gavel is uh, evidently a character we look forward to meeting. I uh, am sure his, his wife and seven uh. children that he travels with all over the world are very pleasant. Uh, and then number four uh, with uh, Tally Ho and uh, Chance Luck and Jack Trades was fanfic submitted by Douglas. You got that one correct as well. So you had two, uh, two intertwined. Um, you were 50-50. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. This is, um, I don't know, is it more or less challenging than previous fanfics in terms of writing it, would you say? I, think, I mean, I haven't I attempted this, it. But. Yeah, I haven't attempted to do either. I think it's... Um, it's an easier challenge, I'd say, just because you can just toss in a, uh, I certify, I Titus, you know, CPA, et cetera, and it will make it sound. And then yeah, you, can just you already it, you can, have. <laughs> yeah. You just bang the keyboard after that and it will seem similar to what he's, he's come up with. Right. So, um, the, which is not to disparage the skill of our, uh, fanfic writers. I'm just no, saying. No, 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 no. I, I in comparison. Delighted. To see what they come up with. Yeah, people have come up with some amazing stuff based on this. There have been some great uh, memes that we posted to link to. There have been some really good far side memes people have been posting. Um, so it's it's really inspired some creativity. People are, are taking it and running with it, which is fun to see. Um, and yeah, and the uh, the um, the org chart that we've got that we'll share. It's it's, it's very inspiring. Turning uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, sewing sewing straw into gold, I guess. But yeah, people are uh, people are enjoying this as much as we, it seems, <laughs> which is good to know. Yes, I uh, there was a, a someone emailed us today that they had they had wrapped their their boyfriend's Valentine's Day gift um, and then scrawled a Titus Uno esque uh, message <laughs> on it, and then on the back said, "Who is the sheriff of Valentine's Day?" So that was, <laughs> <laughs> wow, um, he left her after that, of course. But it was a uh, it was, yeah. it was a, a nice gesture, right? Um, so, yeah, speaking of that, uh, Chapter 11 is Pam Valentine, uh, the yes, C- indeed. CAO or Chief Accounting Officer of 64 Squares. Um, she is quite a wizard. I don't think, I mean, everyone in this book has been uh, top of their fields. I oh, mean, absolutely. S- skilled beyond anything, top of their class, top of their graduating class. Passing tests quickly. Victoria's Secret um, cover models. Um, yeah, <laughs> Pam Valentine seems to leave all of them in the dust. I mean, she is amazing. Uh, she's a great certified public accountant. Uh, also, a, a plot point hinges upon her uh, being so good, but that's, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil <laughs> Boy, anything. Does it. Uh, but this was possible because both of her parents were certified public accountants. <laughs> and they started teaching her accounting when Pam Valentine was five years old. Yeah. She got the uh, <laughs> monsters. Yeah, child abuse was my uh, the thing I scrolled down. It's meant to be sort of a heartwarming, like she's following in their footsteps. It's like, oh my God, let her live a normal life. Yeah, this is not piano lessons. I mean, this is horrible. Yeah. I know you wanted the, uh, you know, the uh, Tickle Me Elmo for your birthday, Pam, but here you go. It's a TI-83. Um, you can graph all sorts of equations. And <laughs> why are, why are Yeah, you- I wish we, we would have got the uh, detailed background of the parents and then it was like, you know, they are hard driving disciplinarians and, you know, none of the fluffy light stuff. These people are, man. Yeah, or like they maybe had a steel ruler that they would slap the backside of her palm with, you know, like something like right. that. They, you know, they, you know, it would be like uh, instead of making making her go cut her own switch when it was time for a, a beating, they would make her go and pick out her own slide rule that they would then, uh, you know, from down in the basement, they had a whole yeah. wall of them displayed. 
Pam Valentine's home was like a do the boys school in Dickens, you know, like uh, <laughs> it was a, a horror show. But it, it worked out because it turns out she's the fastest and most accurate CPA that there has ever been that has ever taken the exam. <laughs> She turned it in at the earliest possible time and made 100 on all the parts at one exam testing period. So, you know, it's uh, sort of like Tiger Woods, you know, his his dad was pretty much just like, you're going to be the best there ever was. And, um, you know, he's the he's the one case where it paid off. Um, I mean, he, of course, had many problems and addictions and and ruined his marriage and uh, his career. (laughs) But, uh, you know, for for a while there, it really looked like it was paying off. (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, you want to make an omelet. Gonna break some eggs. Uh, I had that as uh, one of my one of many dumb sentences of the week, and and again, any any sentence read at any time qualifies. <laughs> so sure. this, is, this is not a challenge. But uh, it says that this this was something that, that struck me back. It was sort of a it was like a comic booky thing I read. She, Pam Valentine, like how prepared for the exam was she? She was so prepared for the exam that the only thing holding her back was time. The sheer force of time was the only thing restraining her from achieving her like true, uh, you know, the the true potential of herself. Oh, my God. She's like a Roman god or something. She has one flaw. Like she has an Achilles heel. <laughs> She's beholden to time just like the rest of us. Um, hey, here's a, a, a part about her training that uh, cracked me up. Most certified public accountants do not pass this examination on the first try, but as soon as the candidates pass this examination, they should gain the respect of other current certified public accountants in every United States and United States Providence. Hey, American uh-huh. Samoa, respect me, <laughs> damn it, you sons You're, of bitches. Who? What? It's it's tomorrow here already. What are you talking about? Uh, but wow. is that a thing? Is that a thing? Uh, U.S. Providence? I t- took it to mean, yeah, I mean, I think we're he means treading, provinces. Treading on thin, thin ice here. We might, uh, yeah. uh, we might be getting, we might getting your, your Amoron emails. I'm sure it's coming. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I assumed he meant provinces, which is yeah. an old yeah. term for territories. Sure. I, I, I don't know. Protectorates. Um, I just assumed, but I could be wrong. Sure. Well, covering my ass with I could be wrong. They've arranged, they've erected graven images of her in Guam um, out of deep respect. uh the uh the Seychelles is that one of our places they have they have regardless of whether it is they've 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 provided her deep respect there are several minor religions sprouted up based on worshiping Pam Valentine and her CPA yeah, even if they're if they're not a, a, a one of our protectorates they they have reciprocity with our other protectorates to respect uh CPA <laughs> that so makes that, sense yeah it was, was part a, of their charter that was a complicated post-world War II agreement that they don't really honor a lot of times but when it's something like Pam Valentine's CPA skills they they, right. they dredge out the old paperwork and um, but yeah, so th- th- this is really a, a indication of his CPA background coming through because he's unable to talk about how anybody uh, is not a CPA and how the CPA is you know the most holy pursuit to dedicate your life to. Um, so it was just it's the sort of thing that you just don't realize um, if you've ever been out to uh, like a dinner or happy hour with people who who work together and they you know they sort of get locked into talking about their horrible job. Um, to the point where then they're like, oh, sorry, we should probably leave this at the office because because Mike is here, like eyes glazing over. This is sort of you know, a glimpse into what that would be like to hang out with a bunch of CPAs. Yeah, the fact that he – I would think that if you want to make yourself stand out, like if he's uh, 
he's Titus Uno, obviously, as as that's his character, right? You know, why don't you make everyone else lame and lift <laughs> right. yourself up? Right. It's, just, it's an odd way to do it. Like everyone's a great CPA. You're a great <laughs> CPA. You're a great CPA. <laughs> but I maybe it's I, I maybe it's a generous trait on his part. I don't know. Sure, but yeah, it also having no background on this, it's like I have no idea what a CPA does. So, um, but like, there's a lot of them, and it's not like it's you know, it's not like it's uh, becoming an ER surgeon. So, I don't know what the pass rate is on this exam, but um, you got to you got to set set some expectations here. Like, unlike you know, the thirty five percent of people that fail their first time, she passed the first time. Because otherwise, it's like saying, "Oh yeah, like uh, she ran the uh, the five thousand meter steeplechase in uh, twenty seven minutes, huh?" <laughs> right. How about that? You're like, I have no frame of reference for whether that is. He completed the America's Cup in uh, three days and twenty hours. Is that a oh, world record, uh, or is, is that, that is that <laughs> twice as bad as it should be? I so. Yeah, a little bit. I, not that I want any more context for about the world of of uh, certified public accounting, but uh, if, if you're going to try to do it right, you might need to provide some. Because yeah, he, it, it is telling that he, you know, like so he he couldn't just uh, say, yeah, certified public accountant, and then put hands behind back, lean back in chair, like <laughs> uh, chair tilts back forward. Okay, it's actually kind of a thing. Right. I mean, it's a it's, it's a meaningful uh, thing to yeah. do. And, and listen, most states allow certified public accountants to perform as a certified public accountant in their state by filling out a form and filing it, right. which is an actual thrilling insight that we are provided with in the uh, in case at all parts of your mind had decided that they were going to suddenly become extremely boring and pedantic and inquiring about how you do become certified by the state's board. You fill out a form. <laughs> yeah. It's disappointing that he never got into um, uh, the phrase is escaping me what do you call it when you have the the witness to a signing you know the legal oh uh, sure the uh the notary 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 public you know <laughs> doesn't that usually like a cpa is usually a, a notary public because they're always having to sign off on all of this stuff or witness <laughs> others signing it so i'm just disappointed he didn't get into the uh, inner workings of that <laughs> yeah uh yeah some some people brought me in because they uh they were trying to like change their will so that the the wife would now get their new dog um, because they got a new dog after they had filled out their will and they needed to, they're going to split them up in case anything happened. So I had to put my old seal on that today and then took an early lunch. They were transferring ownership of a mascot costume and, uh, (laughs) um, you know, that thing is uh, worth upwards of $1,300. It's a very elaborate frame that holds the fur around it. And uh, yeah, so I had to be there to, uh, Witness the transfer of ownership. <laughs> Had no frame of reference for what a mascot costume is valued at, but trust me when I say that is a impressively priced mascot costume. <laughs> but uh, we go on to get some some red flags, um, potential plot points, very potential, I would say, very potential. Um, the uh, 64 Squares was the envy, because of Pam Ballantyne, uh, was the envy of corporations all over the world. This is a red flag, and it made the list my team's as an item that should be questioned during our interviews. Since Pam Valentine, the CAO, is an excellent and possibly the best certified public accountant of all time. <laughs> so she's like uh, the one that like when they're like, we need, uh, you know, we need this, uh, you know, form uh, 1087B filled out. They're like, there's only one woman who can do that. And they go up to her cabin 
and they're she, she's uh, she's chopping wood. Of course, she's at her wood pile, and they're like, she's like, I gave up that a long time ago. Like, damn it, Pam, you were the best there ever was. Um, this though the the actual plot. I'm still baffled by. Maybe it's something very obvious, but here's here's what he says. Here's his theory. It might have been a botched kidnapping <laughs> attempt. The cat burglar terrorist might have thought that Pam Valentine was in the 64-square skyscraper building and had planned to blow up the 64-square skyscraper building to cover their tracks. Right. What so, in the name of God does that mean? <laughs> Who's so, yeah. their tracks? Who's the they? And who's the kidnapping? So he, do, I, I don't understand this at all. I'm, so, I'm baffled. Do you know what it means? So I think he's proposing that they, the cat burglar terrorist, uh, skydove into 64 squares, you know, after 11 p.m. So there was nobody there with the intent on kidnapping Pam Valentine, who I guess he assumed as the best CPA of all time was working the graveyard shift. Uh, or just burning the candle at both ends. He gets there. He realizes that uh, only drones are there taking out the garbage and answering the phones. Um, as opposed to leaving and uh, going to her house to kidnap her, uh, he um, he covers his tracks by blowing up the skyscraper. He blows it to rubbish. That's <laughs> so, his he, so he spends uh, six weeks uh, put packing uh, high-density <laughs> explosives around the foundations and up on uh i mean this is v very difficult to do very yeah, he, difficult he was gonna bring just like the roll of uh duct tape and like the canvas sack to put over her head maybe some uh some of those zip ties for kidnapping and then he was he's halfway out the door and he's like ah, i should spend six weeks assembling plastic explosive enough to take down a 64 screen in, in case it gets botched you know like uh, that's you gotta have a plan b uh, but, so what he's implying here, though, with the they to cover their tracks. So he's the cat burglar terrorist is working for some nefarious organization or group or, or a rival fraternity based on the other <laughs> ma uh, kidnapping we've seen in this book. Oh, it, could be, it could be payback for the mascot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that's all I have on Pam Valentine, because then doesn't it go into the. Same yeah, thing. it goes into the repeated it thing. The and I, 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 at once I realized they were repeated. I was like, so th these meetings he, he's describing, like with the two and three breaks and 40 to 50 agenda items, are these what happened before the explosion? Or are these what is happening in their, um, you know, temporary offices? Um, after well, that's always been my question. When he describes anything at 64 squares, he seems to bounce back and forth in time pre and post explosion. Rubbish blowing. And I don't, I can't track it. I can't track it at all. So I don't, I don't know. I assume, I mean, how fast did they get it together after the devastation of the building? How fast did they get into their temporary offices and start the meetings again? I mean, maybe they, they played taps for the drones who had uh, sacrificed themselves so valiantly and then picked up like that next day. Uh, it's, it's well, very, they are all the best in the biz. So I, I guess they could get that going right away. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, you even need some time to find temporary office. I mean, we've re re relocated our office once or twice and that was never an easy process. Like, I mean, maybe they just had like the, uh, the sort of military things where it's like they made a tent city out in the, uh, Vancouver desert or something. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, the last sentence of hers that I liked was, uh, Pam Valentine reports on how all of the accounting reports have been doing how the accounting reports are doing that day and the projection of how the accounting reports are expected to be doing in the future. 
It's like, so she reports on the accounting reports is what I'm delving I'm, out of this. This is. Don't you think that, that Jack star at that point goes like, you know what, just if there's anything out of the ordinary report that don't, don't report on how the reports are doing, you know, like executive summary here. Come on. Yeah. Or, or she's like, she's like, I'm going to tell you how the reports on the accounting reports have been doing. I'm going to tell you how the accounting reports are doing that day. And after break two, I'll tell you the projection of how the accounting reports are expected to be doing in the future, just to leave a little sizzle on the table. That's eating up three of our 47 agenda items. That's, that makes that's the high. That makes sense how they get so high if they're condensing all of these into past, present, and future of one item. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so then it moves on to, uh, again, you should have the, uh, the um, org chart that we made. I'll print it out while listening to this. Um, but Greg Templar, who is the inter- internal auditor of 64 Squares, Mm-hmm. Um, and this, like this chapter just kicked off with a huge bang. I just, it, the first paragraph is two sentences and it mentions 14, uh, new and many, uh, 14 different and many of them new characters in these. Yeah. This is characters. the, uh, this is like the genealogy at the beginning of Luke. I mean, this is just, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow. This starts off with, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, so many of these characters you don't know, we'll get to know them later, some of them, but uh, this is sort of, I guess, what uh, Greg Templar is sort of, he's the auditor, so these are the people that he is overseeing their reports and all that type of stuff. But uh, he's got another um, uh, just absolutely pristine marriage and family life. He met his wife, Angel Templar, in church. Um, we are informed that the entire church loves Greg and Angel Templar, which, you know, that's that's nice. Um, that's sweet. The entire church went to their wedding. Yes. <laughs> I mean, which, you know, I guess that's that's the way it works. Like, you know, you, you're in church. The wedding was at the church. So they were all invited Their um, The entire church then welcomed their three children, Hans, Harvey and Halo Templar. Um, we have a lot of alliterative uh, family children names of this. Jack Starr had the same thing going on. Um, and mm-hmm. we're informed that their children have friends that they spend time with. It is great from to have that they can talk to and trust. And I think um, <laughs> we'll all agree with that. That was like, that's a, you know, that was a takeaway from Dr. Seuss's, like the places you'll go. It is, it is great from to have that they can talk to and trust. Rolls yeah, off the some of his, that's some of his typos. Like we said, we didn't want to pick on the typos, but when it's baffling sentence constructions <laughs> yes. like that, it's worth, <laughs> it's worth diving yeah. into. I'm gonna get um, that there in. is a detail that puzzled me. He's used this phrase a number of times in the book. They met at church because they were both in the church singles department and they became best friends. I don't know what a singles department is. <laughs> there, there are, you know, there's the, the groups. I mean, churches will organize loosely into uh, older marrieds and, you know, the single, but uh, they don't organize into departments. It sounds like a, uh, a section of pews that's like marked off in shame. Yeah, uh, right. Singles department for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he uh, he's not only Greg, it follows in the footsteps of, uh, was it Sue? No, Pam Valentine. What was her name? Look at your org chart. I don't know. Oh, uh, sorry. Pam Valentine. Well, anyway, his, Sue his, Christmas, his, I think, is his coming up. His competency is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's fantastic. And this is uh, a, a bit of uh, uh, detail I wanted to flesh out a little bit. All his professors adored him. Adored because Greg Templar had a vast knowledge of accounting and had the ability to perform very complex questions very quickly <laughs> and without any assistance. And I just picture them standing around in the quad with their black robes on going, don't you just love Greg Templar? <laughs> oh, totally. I 
adore him. I adore him. I've got a poster of him on my wall. Uh, it's his ability to perform very complex questions very quickly without yeah. any assistance. I know <laughs> they're just doing the hearts in their eyes, sort of like <laughs> as he walks across the campus, he gives them a little wave, and they. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was impressed that 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 was all that it took. Like you think that there could be some more human element that would trigger your uh, your sense of adoration. Um, but no, but all it required was the uh, complex questions performed very quickly. <laughs> and, and is this a, a Socratic method or something? Because is he asking his professors questions when he says performing questions? Huh? He's able to perform very complex questions very quickly. <laughs> so it's it's unclear whether he's giving the questions to the professors who are then that causes the adoration. Like most students answer my questions. He right. gives me complex questions. Right. Yeah. He, he, the professor gives him a see me after, see me after class and he thinks he's in trouble. Then he walks in and every professor is just slow clapping for <laughs> right. all the questions that he asked. You wasted a lot of kids time today by asking those complex questions quickly, Greg Templar, but guess what? <laughs> we adore you. <laughs> um, so uh, during college also, he was called on to be a tutor for hundreds of his classmates. Yeah, let's delve into this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, um, hundreds. Uh, so at least 200. Uh, let's say you break that down. Bare minimum. I mean, not even possible that you would gain anything from this, but a half an hour per week. Um, and then and you're filing in uh, one after another with no break, no pleasantries, no how's your day going. You can fit in maybe eight kids in a day when you're doing all your other studying and all that. So you have four hours blocked off to tutor. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, tutoring, there is no question that this is one-on-one. -on -one. That is the way tutoring works. Correct. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, that's, when you yeah, are, otherwise a it's a, a, yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's a otherwise lecture he's a or something. Or a study, to yes. people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is, it sort of goes into decline time for a minute now. Like this is his equivalent of reading right. the entire works of Stephen King in like, uh, in a long weekend, like he did in ready player one. Yeah. Watching, uh, whatever stupid movie hundreds of times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, not sure about the timeline of that, but, uh, maybe his teachers, ad professors adored him so much that they were willing to cut him some slack in terms of how much class he was missing because he was so busy tutoring. Yeah. And, uh, Here's that I stated earlier that um, oh, I just read the sentence itself, but I did say earlier <laughs> uh, that uh, there was one that it doesn't have that weird thing from the perspective of. And this okay. is Jack. Uh, this is Templar. It oh. says, as stated earlier, Jack Starr reports what has been accomplished during these meetings to the internal auditor, Greg Templar. And that's usually where it says, but from the point of view of Greg. Templar. Yes. The but it's not here. So what the hell is going on? I don't know. But that paragraph that begins with, as stated earlier, was about as bad as they come in the book because it lists the en entire four-person board and their titles four times um, <laughs> yes. throughout that, like, next probably four sentences. <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, to 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 even recognize that you have stated it earlier um, is, is very much uh, college student uh, – or high school student looking at the clock and being like, well, this presentation ran 30 seconds, uh, 30 seconds short. So, um, as I, you know, the old, uh, I'm going to tell you what I told, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you what I told you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also a, a variation on the eyes and ears. Uh, this is why Drew Sampson has bugs and video set up in the, internet. Oh. Yes. So he's getting special treatment, but I cannot, I cannot for the life of me figure out why. 
Well, because he's not on the board. He's just the internal auditor. So he's part of the team, but he's, you know, you got to keep your distance from him. He's, he's like the Toby on the office of this group. He's, um, you know, he's sort of more of from corporate than he is from the actual team. Right, right. I'll, I'll check the, the chart that the uh, Patreon people made up. But so Jack goes to the meetings and then he does the 40 to 50 items. He gets out of there. He reports to Greg Templar what happened okay. in the meetings, right? Uh-huh. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, as an auditor. Uh, so couldn't could Greg just come <laughs> to the meeting? <laughs> that was my that was my big takeaway from it all. It just seems like Jack Starr should not be wasting his time reporting back down to an underling who right. has just yeah. come out of a two hour meeting with three breaks. You've he, you've introduced a element of unreliability into the equation by allowing the CEO to self-report what he's going to tell the auditor. Right. Although maybe the uh, auditor has uh, uh, bugs and uh, ears in, in the office there too. So everyone is just, maybe he's tapped into uh, Drew Sampson's bug network and he's already just like listening to what's happening in the meeting. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the they report to like him. The, uh, yeah. It's like the American embassy in Moscow back in the day. It's they, they actually had bugs like in the concrete like embedded <laughs> everybody's bugged right yeah and so if everybody's bugged you're going to get total transparency just because everyone knows that you know whatever you're saying and hearing is going to be uh, be heard by everybody else so it could be the the real way to get uh, honesty in the office i don't know but yeah yes it's, indeed it's pretty much the big brother house at this point in time in terms of everyone being watched at any <laughs> yeah. given moment and and you know that would be a good i think it would be an interesting scene to read about how he did that and um, bugged everything, but nope. All we just get is nope. They're there. <laughs> they are been there. They were placed there. Uh, fortunately, he didn't have to. Uh, um, you know, he didn't botch the job and then have to blow up the temporary offices because that would have been a, a a pretty big setback. They would have probably delayed him a whole twelve hours or so between their next meeting. Right. Um, uh, should we? Uh, uh, unless you have anything else on Greg Templar. Nope. Um, do we? Let's do a nice department now. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. What do you got for me? Let's do some uh, emails. We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. Stealing people's mail. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's steal some mail. The first one is from Matthew Edward. I'm a journalist for a magazine that covers financial planning, etc. This line from the book you're both reading now, I, Titus Uno, CPA, FCPA, etc., I have interviewed probably 200 people with similar backgrounds to that over the past five years. And italics, this is actually how they all talk about themselves. <laughs> he says, I once had a guy who had something like 14 or so different financial licenses, and he wanted them all listed after his name. So John Smith, CFP, CHFP, RIA, CPA, Series 7 for about two full lines of copy. I did not quote him extensively. Oh, my God. So, wow. You know, like we said, we don't know any of these CPA people. This could be... Uh, Par for the course, or this could be understated for all we know. Yeah, this is uh, actually a, a, a very accurate character study, and we're just missing it all. Um, <laughs> what was that uh, gentleman's name who wrote in? Matthew D. Edward. And he writes for financial stuff. Yeah. Um, what is his wife's name? Where did they meet? Uh, <laughs> are they happy? And how many children do they have? And what are their names? Otherwise, I won't, I won't have any idea what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah, you need to update your email signature, man. Otherwise, we're going to be making some some serious assumptions. <laughs> um, next email came from Travis. He says, first off, I'm so impressed with the crowdsourced org chart. 
I'm extremely puzzled as to how Travis Uno and team fit into it because of what happens in chapter 14. The board of directors asked Titus and team to liaise between 64 squares and the numerous authorities while also setting the stage for Titus to be a lay witness for a criminal investigation. Maybe I don't know accounting or criminal investigations, but that sounds like a conflict of interest. Remind me again, how tall were the stacks that were destroyed in Ready Player One? Was 64 squares taller? But anyway, I put together an agenda outline for you guys to have fun with. It's editable by anyone with a doc, and it is a uh, meeting outline of uh, oh, what, sweet. It, what it might look like to have a uh, two-hour meeting with 40 to 50 agenda items broken up by uh, different <laughs> meetings. So he has a very, very meticulously planned out. Um, it starts off with the uh, CEO's opening remarks. Um, when not here, I believe spending time with family is my favorite. Uh, so if, uh, if anyone wants to take a look at that, we'll put the link up as well. Uh, so you can get a, get a bigger slice of life of, of, of how these people are operating their meetings. So thank you for doing that, Travis. Oh, it's hilarious that people are adding more details to, <laughs> to <laughs> this book that is nothing but detail. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you can do is, uh, you know, we, you've got to, you've got to put, uh, take him at his word that this is how it works and then see yeah. what it'd be like in the real world. Put, put some, put some meat on the bones. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is from Alex and I, I like the first sentence a lot. As you read out sentences from this cruel simulation of literature, it strikes me that the Bob Crane quote was the tip of the iceberg. This whole thing seems to be made out of lines and quotes from various riff track shorts that have been hammered together by some of some sort of procedural generation engine. The discussion. <laughs> so he's going to get into some deep cuts. The discussion of Drew Sampson's family reminded me of the introduction of little Timmy in some short about walking to school or maybe life on a farm. The various team members sounded like an introduction to a short about the amazing world of chartered accountancy that would likely feature a group of unattractive men with square glasses, especially the group bit about Rose Jackson and the Big Four. The cat burglar terrorist, on the other hand, could have been the villain in some nonsense feature and would wind up being eaten by Custard the Dragon. I can only hope that drugs are like the Xerox repairman. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Custer the Dragon. Yeah, we did that live. Well, that was based on that uh, nonsense guy. Oh, I'm not even. God, he set me up. It's based on that <laughs> Ogden Nash poem. Oh, wow. That was I your almost, worst attempt at it. Yeah. I, I, I stumbled into that one. God. <laughs> oh, the long con. Yeah, no kidding. Hmm. I don't even know if I want to read any more emails after that. I feel like Come I've been on. There's no, All right, there's not, fine. There's no more Ogdens in this. <laughs> this one is uh, Andrew. He says, uh, this is sort of, because he ends every chapter with this. We haven't even been paying attention to it because it's he's said it for even before this, this section started. But he says, they will have to prepare me to be a lay witness in this trial. Uh, he says, a lay witness is any witness who testifies in court who is not an expert witness. Lay in this context means ordinary. An expert witness is someone who has a specialized knowledge or training. For example, being a forensic certified public accountant who can testify to something based on that knowledge or training, which an ordinary person would not know, such as the impact a 64 story being blown to rubbish would have on a company's financial statements. He says, so just know that every time Titus Uno blah, 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 uses the term lay witness, which he does 22 times in this book, he's using the exact wrong term. And then he says, source, I'm an attorney who apparently doesn't read enough stupid things during my day job. Oh, wow. I assumed something like that. But I, I mean, but I assumed it was a term of art that he was correct about. It's bizarre that he's using a term of art that he should know about and being dead wrong about it. <laughs> right, exactly. That's very odd. Because you assume it's probably, you know, I would assume in some cases you'd hear it in like, uh, you know, if you've heard someone say lock and load, that's been in a movie about the military and you don't really know how how that 
is used by their actual terminology. But lay witness doesn't seem like something you would have even picked up from watching like The Wire or Law and Order just because it sounds so boring. So, but right. maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he just heard that and figured that was what he would be in this trial. Yeah. Perry Mason or something. He sits around watching old episodes. Who knows? Right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, those are great emails. A lot of those people were uh, like the guy who saw the org chart were Patreon supporters. So uh, if you're interested in joining that discussion, getting to participate in stuff like making the org charts and that was uh patreon.com slash three seventy two pages. It's very fun. You get access to the episodes uh, earlier than everybody else and you get to support great causes with the donation as well. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move on to the Chapter 13, The Four Accountants. Yes. The Four Accountants, which has sort of an ominous title, you know, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, The Four Accountants. Yeah, maybe they, maybe that's what they, that's their nickname. Maybe they're like, who are the four horsemen of 64 squares? <laughs> and the sheriff <laughs> well, is like, lower, so, you know. Sue, lower voice, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the four accountants that work for 64 squares all work hard and have dedication their lives to studying and understanding the complex accounting principles and rules. Um and you're going to get into the the details and personal lives of this, uh, which have some have some delightful bits to it. And one another red flag, I think. I think there's another person we have to keep our eye on. Mm, um, who do you got in mind? Well, so first of all, Bob Sinclair is the first one. He's by seniority. He is a certified public accountant and has been for 52 years. Um, he is working well with Tina Bell. And so this is where I first realized we needed to um, specify when someone is not a CPA um, because so far every character we've talked to has been a CPA. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but that is really the only detail we get about Bob. He sucks. Let's move on. No, uh, no, no family, so to speak, of no, no beloved wife. Um, we get Sue Christmas, though. She has always dreamed of becoming a CPA, and she made that dream happen through hard work and tenacity. Sue Christmas is a human calculator. All she has to do is look at a list of numbers or has the number read aloud to her and you can give her the, and she can give you the total of those numbers. So watch your back, Pam Valentine. We've got yeah. a real human calculator here. You, know, you may be, uh, you may have finished your test at the exact moment it was due and then turned it in with all hundreds, but are you a human calculator? I don't think so. But I, I would like to get um, the gentleman who just wrote in, who is an attorney. I'd like to get his opinion on this. Here's a statement uh, about the court system. The court system does not care if the accountant does not use a calculator or not in computing a complex problem. So I, I thought of a scenario. Okay. You, know, you, you hear about that accountant who murdered a bunch of his fellow accountants? No. It was a well. very complex problem to commit all those slayings. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he used a calculator. Hey, hey, I do not care. Stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's of no interest, to, but no, it's a very important detail in a case where <laughs> 50 people were murdered. Right. The court system does not care about you can't even bring it up. The judge will bang his gavel. Moses Gavel will slam himself <laughs> on the desk. No, it's literally how he bludgeoned them. It was one of those like right. big graphing calculators. And so without without introducing his evidence, we're not going to have a case. And the, he'll go through the law. Damn free, it. We free. can't even bring it up. <laughs> I've seen so many scum on the street and you get let go free as a bird because they used a calculator. Right. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Veronica Jackson's uh, getting a lethal injection for her role in the multiple treasons that have happened. And this just doesn't seem fair, but letter of the law, you know, <laughs> all she did was set up meetings, but they hated treason. 
Oh, you know, uh, middle finger out the back window as he squeals off in his charger. I'll see you next time, pigs. Yeah. <laughs> his, his license plate says, uh, just says human calculator. <laughs> um, the, uh, but he, but he thinks it's cool. Um, that, that, that is the case. He thinks it's cool because now most colleges and tests do not let the test taker use a calculator during a test. That is so realistic. <laughs> I don't. No, I have that's, no idea. That's one of my dumb sentences. I, th- <laughs> I think he means, as I puzzled this out, that that is so realistic. I think did he mean like that is so, uh, I don't know, uh, unadorned. Like it is so, you know, a humanistic trait, a, a a human talent or something. I don't know what is what word does he mean there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just that. Um, I don't know, because you, you, if you're doing all these CPA things, it seems like you would need a calculator to do a lot of them. I guess you use a well, slide. Well, as he says things. in the next sentence, he says he is glad that he can use a calculator to solve math or accounting problems. Okay. An accountant should be able to use any equipment in order to catch the criminal or terrorist. Okay. So, right. I mean, yeah. But- I don't know why that was brought. He must... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Dwight David knows someone who can do that, right? Yes, or there's a divide in the uh, CPA community because I, I took a use a use calculators in high school all the time, and you know, but it was still divided. Like, should we be letting kids? use calculators. And I think, you know, obviously the, the nuance of that debate was like, uh, you know, you don't need to use them in third grade to learn your times tables because it's valuable to know that basic stuff. But once you start doing, you know, quadratics and physics and stuff, it's like, yeah, like w- otherwise it would take us all day to do one, make one graph. So yeah, like ev- everybody had those, those were fully allowed even when yeah. I was in, in high school. Yeah. But uh, even when she was not using a calculator in college, um, she can perform these tasks. She, Sue Crispus could ace tests and mess up the grading curve. That is why she was not popular and why she was made fun of by the other college student. So yeah, while- I almost I almost wanted to dig in that on one of our forums and see if there was any uh, <laughs> any expansive. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh man, no, yeah, it would have been a good one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's out there. I don't know. Right. So she had the magic power to mess up a grading curve all by herself. Usually you throw out the the uh, high and low outliers, but I, uh, maybe the people who were making fun of her for that weren't too well informed. They seem kind of uh, kind of dumb and cruel if they're going to be making fun of one person for messing up a grading curve. Yep. Sitting uh, there with their little baby calculators figuring <laughs> stuff out. Hey, human calculator, what are you doing after class? <laughs> uh, then we, we the next person, the next accountant is Tina Bell who uh, is not a certified public accountant. Don't worry. She is studying to become a certified public accountant. Uh, And then Tina Bell is excited because Sue Christmas is working with Bob Sinclair and Sue Christmas as who are both certified public accountants. Get a little bit of Sueception in that sentence there. Uh, You, uh, you burned another dumb sentence. Oh man, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? It's like uh, Tina Bell though. That rung a little bell with me. Uh, Tina Dalen is that that? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Tina Dalen, Jim's sister. Yeah. Yeah. She's out in the um, uh, yard within the in the mobile home. Yeah. It just it just kind of the, that association because that the phrase that he says Jim da- Jim Dalen is that his name? Yes. Yeah, Jim Dalen talks a little bit like uh, Dwight David here. He does. That's interesting. He, yeah. yeah, I'm Jim yeah. Dalen. Uh, well, he, they're out in the thing. My brother is 
out there with his fiance. My sister's with us too. I'm Jim Dalen. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. <laughs> I, do, I could not tell you the first line of the Constitution or the uh, the, right. the preamble, but there we go. That and Bob Crane. Um, but then we get to my, uh, frankly, my top suspects. Um, because yeah, I want to hear your theory. I haven't even been working on the the crime itself. I've just been uh, slogging through. Well, yeah, the first part of this is is completely fine, but then just my my hair stand up on my arms when I read the second part of the sentence. Jill Franks has a BBA in accounting, but has no desire to become a certified public accountant. <laughs> I mean, he may have tipped his hand too early with something that blatant. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Yeah. Mm. She's satisfied mm. doing a great job at the level of education Jill Franks currently possesses. But um, I mean, I think we've got to, you know, just burn the witch at this point in time. Like she doesn't want to be part of this club. She doesn't want to be one of us. Yeah. Wow. And and weird that he puts on Jill Franks a little bit of uh, uh, Bo Jackson. Like you know, <laughs> Jill Franks is satisfied doing a great job at the level of education Jill Franks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, who is the Jill Franks of 64 squares? <laughs> That's her catchphrase. <laughs> Oh man! All right, <laughs> uh, I didn't think of that, but yeah, good, good theory. Yeah, that yep. is no, the thing that no, stands uh, out. No family mentioned, no children, no uh, role uh, playing at Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Nose Pumper. So I think we've got our, we've got our woman. Well, I have. Uh, I'm still holding out that Greg Templar thing. That weird, um, not mentioning that it was from his perspective stated earlier, and also that he had not eyes and ears, but he had uh, listening devices and video. So right. there's something, something's going on. <laughs> I hope it's like, uh, you know, it's like the usual suspects. I hope at the end of this, we, we, we quickly flip through the pages to see like where these clues that we missed were the first time. Right. Um, Encyclopedia Brown type style. <laughs> exactly. Stuff. Yeah. You may not have noticed, but, uh, but uh, Tina, Be- or what was it? Tina Bell? Was not Tina a, Bell. Tina, Tina Bell. Yep. Jill Franks. Oh, was not a was not a CPA. Oh, Jill I didn't Franks. notice that thrash. I was ahead of you the whole time. <laughs> um. So yeah, then the the last chapter that we read this time, which I hope you read this time. I hope you made it through the entire thing. I did. Done. I did my work. <laughs> There's uh oh, the board say of Ogden directors for me, and then oh then wow, wow, low blow. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna get a, <laughs> we need a with our soundboard. We need a new Ogden sting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. Uh, so chapter four, 14 introduces the board of directors. Um, and, uh, there are seven people there. They go into various detail about all of them. So let's just, let's get through them pretty quickly. I'd say. We're, we're gonna well, the only ones who stand out for me are Spinner Jones and Mickey Keys, <laughs> <laughs> the board of directors, Spinner Jones. Um, they get interesting stuff. Uh, one's a, a football star and that's how he got the nickname Davey. No, uh, <laughs> spinner. Uh, yeah, he, he was able to make away. defensive players miss him by making a spinning move. But Mickey Keys yeah. is a teacher, and all of the female students are crushing on him hard. Yeah, uh, what's going on there? Yeah, it's, it doesn't sound doesn't sound like uh, as wholesome as some of these other things. He's the uh, he's the Mary Kay Laterno of this school. I think <laughs> yeah. he has the. Uh, but I mean, there it doesn't mention anything about his his physical appearance. So it may just be his ability to make math fly off the chalkboard and magically enter every high school student's brain. Uh, Mickey uh, maybe, Keys, maybe he can also perform complex questions. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He sounds like a bit of a human calculator, but uh, he, he gets called a math whisperer. He says he's, Mickey Keys is what some people would call a math whisperer. Um, 
So I, I don't think anyone would say that, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the, so he's able to transition being the, the hot, cool teacher into a, a, a spot on the board of a local um, billion dollar international company. Well, this is what throws suspicion on him. What if it turns out that he's, um, you know, he's acting on all these female student crushes and he blew up the building as a distraction? Huh. From yeah, that. the walls were closing in on him, sort of like R. Kelly style, yeah. and he he went off the deep end. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I feel like the high school girls might think he's a little bit of a bad boy if they found that out. And <laughs> maybe they'd, they'd yeah. be writing him in letters in prison like people did That's to right. uh, uh, Manson. Yeah. Everyone, actually. Married killer. proposals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've just uh, projected a lot onto Mickey Keys there. Um, but uh, the other people on the board, uh, Barbara Coates is the local news anchor, um, which again, you know, you get, who, who do you want serving on your board? Like people who have founded their own startups, people who have uh, international business affairs. Now you get the, the local news anchor um, who's you know usually more suited to doing like local uh, charity galas and, um, you know, bachelor auctions presiding over that type of thing, but sure. Have her sit on the board. And uh, I don't think that any of the other people, uh, Sandy Smith, uh, Larry, uh, Sandy, S- Sandy Smith, Zach Peterson, Sam Witherspoon, uh, and Vanessa Price. I don't think any of them got uh, particularly interesting details. Yeah. And I wonder the, the people that are friends with our coworkers of Dwight David, um, like Tom Sinclair, uh, Jerry Christmas, uh, you know, <laughs> if they're all going like, hey, man, what, where, where was my turn in that book? Right, exactly. I got short shrift. <laughs> you talked about the human calculator over there, but I get garbage. Right, exactly. He's like, they, they all coughed up money to, uh, you know, for the Kickstarter to have their names in the book, but some of them just got no details whatsoever. Or maybe right. one of them is like the, the name of the third son of uh, the sheriff of 64 Squares. Um, but we come soon to what I think is the most incredible <laughs> couple of sentences in the book. And I'm sure if if you do not have this on your page, I will give you a million dollars. Wow. Okay. Uh, they're talking about nominating the, the, <laughs> the board nominee. <laughs> you do. You do. This, of course. <laughs> I just have this is incredible. I don't have any other comment on this. There were not any names nominated. So they all went home. Period. Ha ha, just kidding, period. There were nominations. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I had without realizing, you know, the, the, the his his sense of humor, I had no idea what was going on the first time I read that. I, I still don't know. <laughs> so they're talking about, like, f- how they fil- found him to do this position. Yeah, right. But like, uh, that's, you know, that is a, you know, that's a, a, a four year old telling you a joke. Like, yeah. And I, I couldn't figure out right away. I was like, is this a, a Titus joke or is this a Dwight David? I think it's know, a Dwight his... David, like those ones from earlier, like the, uh, yeah. like the, the ones we told him to settle down on. I think this is more of that. Just like he's explaining something to you that's so obvious how he became to be in this position that he has to uh, throw in a little haha, just kidding. <laughs> oh, that is, that is very strange. But he follows up that, uh, the, the humor with, uh, with a, with a pretty big flex, I would say, because he, he says they voted and gave Sandy Smith to task of calling the person elected to fill this well-paid position. 
Oh yeah, so I that's didn't sort of him that. just like you know uh, <laughs> making it rain on the reader there. I think it's the first time we've heard it mentioned that this is a well-paid position. I guess you would assume that because it's the biggest act of terrorism in Canadian history. But um, he wanted to make it clear. He's like, well, uh, he's- yeah. Again, it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Like if I just said to you before this book, hey Connor, how much is you know CPA doing an investigation of forensic accounting? <laughs> you know. I don't know, eighty five. No, no, yeah. up, up from there. Come wow. on. Yeah. <laughs> so he's yeah, he's just uh, he's all about uh, le- letting the ladies know how much uh, how much he's earned. Probably puts it on his, uh, you know, he has W L L P D as his uh, vanity plate on his uh, red sports car. <laughs> Welps? Uh, you, you you whelps? I don't know. Like you were you were giving birth to puppies? I don't understand. Uh, here's a uh, what the the board is tasked with had a curious thing in it, and it's basically it's like that. Why don't they make the plane out of the black box uh, to, to help make sure that 64 squares will be able to rebuild a better skyscraper building that will withstand a bomb blast? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's possible. Yeah, shouldn't we, make, we be doing that with every building? Make that the default. <laughs> like, wow, you're withholding uh, this. Why do we just like not check that? Yeah, it was a free thing. It was a free service. We would have paid. Like, it's sort of weird that you didn't want it. Um, go to your contractor and go. Why didn't you bring that up? It's like, well, you usually the client comes to me. Like, they wanted to. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like, not weird. Could, I'm not just going to put a pool in. You know, <laughs> what if you've got some insurance scheme that you're like planning on? You know, blowing this place up in five years and you go to do it and it withstands a bomb blast, you're going to come back and be all angry. So, <laughs> Oh, unbelievable. Um, that's all I have on the, the uh, board of directors. Yeah. I mean, at the end, it, it, uh, it mentioned, um, it mentioned a couple people. This was things that like, you know, I was trying not to gloss over, but it had some, some statements about Dina. It says she's a computer professional computer programmer and can hack her way into any computer without being detected by anyone. Yes. She is that great which I was just like, we know she's been called a genius multiple times. Every time she's mentioned, uh, we, we, we know she's that great, but it did seem like he was sort of just like um, changing these up uh, just to make sure you were still reading them. It was sort of like planting a little uh, uh, yeah. Easter yeah. egg in there. But then uh, Veronica Jackson set up uh, meetings with the board, which I assume was her toughest assignment yet, just because there were seven different people that she was having to reach out to. It probably took her the better part of an hour, I would guess, to sort of get through to all them and, before she went off to get her nails done or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what's her name? Who, God, the names, who's the hacker again? Dina, Dina Jones. Yeah. Cause Dina she's Hope. Dina Hope. Dina Hope. Cause she's hacking. Like there isn't anyone who has been mentioned yet who hasn't been hacked by her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she, even, uh, Jack star is hacked by her. And then, yes. Uh, Graham or Peter or whatever. They're all, all being, everyone's, let's just go forward. <laughs> They're all being surveilled and hacked their computers. So let's just, that's, that's a statement that we can just take as a given with everyone who's introduced. Right. It's so. almost as if they've, they've, every time they, they introduce a character, uh, Dina Hope, who is alive, uh, was able to, <laughs> right. like, we'll make that assumption going forward. That would be a weird thing to introduce a character who is actively dead. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's got, it's got more hacking than the movie hackers so far. I think that's a, it's a given. Um, yes. 
All right. Well, I think that what we've got left is our is our dumb sentence of the week. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. big, big. big. Uh-huh. Dumb sentences. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been burning through them um, in, throughout the course of this episode. Uh, I'm not going to read ones that we've already burned, but assume that a lot of people sent in um, some very good ones. So the first one that didn't get burned was uh, uh, Trajan, uh, Trajan, him of the uh, spoiled fanfic. I'm so sorry that we ruined that one. It was a good one. His sentence was Pam Valentine, the CAO or the chief accounting officer had to pass the examination on her first sitting or first try, or it would be six months. Yes. Six months before she could take the examination again. (laughs) (laughs) That was was another one I forgot to put down. Yeah. That weird commenting on, uh, like he's got an incredulous reading audience out yeah, there. Exactly. What? <laughs> um, and then we have one. Uh, Mary submitted this one. I, Titus Uno, the certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant, and chartered global management accountant, am good at doing this. But I, Titus Uno, certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant, and chartered global management accountant, takes me a little more time to digest the information. So I think that's him comparing himself to the uh, to the human calculator, though. So, All right. it's hard to be humble while referencing your own name in the first person and all three of your titles twice in the same sentence. But like, it's a uh, it's a delicate walk right. that he pulls off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. uh, and then I have one. Uh, I will read mine. The the four 64 Squares accountants, Bob Sinclair, Sue Christmas, Tina Bell, and Jill Franks, are very informed about the operations of 64 Squares because the four 64 Squares accountants, Bob Sinclair, Sue Christmas, Tina Bell, and Jill Franks. End of sentence. <laughs> he, just, he saw a squirrel out the window and uh, as he was typing that one and, and got distracted. Well, it's got to be – it's got to be a little like um, – I remember I was writing uh, – when I was writing a book and it was pre, you know, Google Docs, it was document management was everything. And I was terrified to hit, do you want to save changes? I'm like, oh, God, I don't remember which, you know, and I'd have this really complicated labeling system to just make sure because there's, you know, going back in and editing sure. and getting changes from your editor and all of this. And I, I picture him doing that with like the t- you just suddenly get lost like, oh, crap. Did I already call myself the certified public accountant? <laughs> Where you know, like he's getting lost in the thicket of his own yeah, complexity. But that thicket so. in this book is one sentence, and there's another thicket directly before and after it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It maybe it just his own prose like stuns him sometimes, and he he can't finish it. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, oh, I got to take a cold shower after that one. Whew. Thrash, you've done it again. All right, do you have one? They're all burned. Oh, I looked. Wow. I just looked through mine. Yeah. Well, what was your I favorite mean, one you want to revisit? Uh, I think that is so realistic. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting by itself, it made me laugh. <laughs> like because it doesn't connect to either the sentence before or right. after. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah. Keep your dumb sentences coming. Your emails. Your uh, far side memes. Your regular memes. Your fanfic. It's all 
great stuff. Keep your Patreon uh, support coming. Um, I'm I'm rushing right to that uh, Patreon uh, uh, off or a uh, meeting chart. Yeah, uh, the agenda items. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward. Oh to yeah, that. that's going to be so. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, we're fleshing out the world of this place. You can put some faces to names. You can see what a meeting might might be like. Maybe you'll um, recreate the, the the actual meeting. Maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll have a two hour meeting with uh, your role play. What it would be like to do this sort of thing. Don't do that because if you do that, I'm not going to listen to it. Uh, hey. Uh, we have a riff tracks meeting is today. Oh wow! Right? Should we should we style it after? <laughs> I'm going to make a motion anyway to do. That. <laughs> they usually run, uh, you know, what 20, 30 minutes. So 20, we can, we 20 can minutes. at least one break. Yeah, and uh, seventeen uh, agenda items. <laughs> yeah, but that's I'm sure way. all of our. All- all of our coworkers who haven't paid a lick of attention <laughs> yes. to this and have no idea, who I'm sure they'll all appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, great. They'll be like, well, the meeting has become an intervention, you guys, and uh, we're concerned <laughs> about where this is headed. Uh, but yeah, so the book is, uh, we're two-thirds of the way through it, so you can just finish it for next time. Um, and we'll see, uh, we'll see. It might, might take a little, a few extra days between this, just in terms of travel, I think. But uh, we'll have another one up for you soon. And uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll find out who did this. Because I assume, I guess it's a big assumption that there is some sort of resolution to this cat burglar terrorist mystery. Yeah, let's go on the record uh, before we close out here. Who do you think it is? Okay. Uh, and is it, I mean, assuming you think it's someone who has been mentioned yet. Sure. Um, brother, I'm going to say... It would be insane if it wasn't someone mentioned yet. It would, I mean, it would be insane because there's been so many characters. Uh, so, I, you know, Jill Frank stands out to me because she has no desire to become a certified public accountant. <laughs> okay. But um, I don't know. Greg Templar, he's the auditor. Like, the, the, he could have tracks to cover if there'd been uh, malfeasance. He'd be the one to, you know, to, if he was trying to cover something up and realized he was in over his head. All right, and I'm. I would have said him, but since you took him, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a, a long shot, but uh, Jack Star. Whoa! I mean, that just—he's the obviously the richest character, the one spent the most time on, and so you always make your villain the most interesting, and so I think that's him. Well, I wonder what his last words would be if he was getting the chair for his. Uh... <laughs> we'll be left to speculate over the over the course of the next week. That's right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. This is 372 pages. We'll never get past. <laughs>